Good. Yeah. Happy. But if you Happy-ish. take care of someone who loves you, everything will work out right. Smith and Smith. <laughs> Ending with a very sad song at the end. <laughs> and if you worship Christ, yeah. then you will be happy. Make sure you have a dozen children, too. Yeah, use them in your sitcom now. <laughs> that was the part that I totally forgot about until I was watching that Max and Me uh, intro. And then I was like, oh, the kids are also Smiths. Oh. It would be funny if uh, you had a thing where, you know, at one point the kids just go, are, are you still acting, father? Is this real life now? Yeah. Where's the line, Father? Where's the line? <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. I know you were. Over. I know you were. Your your bit was that you know he's trying to like cut more egg out of the act because, but no, like yeah, that worked out for him in the end. But before that time, it was all one giant tax write off. Their whole life was one giant. I mean, the house that that, that the house that they're filming is their sure, house. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good financial decisions. I was watching um, him talking about the creation of the show. Yeah. And Which show, Maxime or? No, no, uh, creation of Red Green. Okay. And uh, and I was like, uh, you know, we decided one of us should be there for the kids full time. Wink, 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 wink. So, uh, you know, uh, she decided that'd be her, right, because it, it was going to be you. You know, okay, whatever. So, uh, so yeah. So I show her the first episode, and she wasn't involved in it at all. Yeah. And she watches the whole thing. She doesn't smile. She doesn't laugh. <laughs> and at the end of it, she goes, oh, well. <laughs> so the very final episode of the Red Green Show yeah. ends with, uh, you know, it's this thing, this man's prayer. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm a man, but I can change if I have to. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And it ends with, uh, the very final episode ends with, I'm a man, and I can change. Because I had to. Oh, well. <laughs> so he got to do the show yeah. that he wanted to do yeah. that he couldn't do before. Because yeah. the measures wouldn't go for it. <laughs> but like he finally got to do the one that she didn't approve of. And that became yeah. the enormous hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. Yep. Yeah, I watched the uh, I watched the entirety of that Smith & Smith. Because the, the, I posted an entire episode of it. I shouldn't say I watched the entirety of it. I watch like every sketch to a point and then i would like move forward a little bit because yeah. my mind was slowly melting it at the other i don't know it's just something about it at the delivery of the jokes like this every joke was delivered <laughs> this way well you know well you know doctor i think i'm gonna have to uh maybe go on a vacation in hawaii i was hoping to maybe get some shots oh well mr smith well i think i'm i can help you with that let me just get my yeah it's just a weird oh what would you like uh, whiskey and uh, bourbon. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's a marriage it's... counselor sketch in that. Yeah. And, that was... and they, it's weird that they all, they sing, the opening song is like an intro to whatever the first sketch is going to be. Mm -hmm. Salesman are at your door. <laughs> You're very tired now. It's like, okay. And the other thing is... It's, it's like I sketches thought, for people who just got out of surgery. My assumption was... <laughs> Can't laugh too hard. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's made for people 
It's made for people who are watching TV at that time of the day. That's who that show is for. Mm-hmm. But what, like, I assumed when we were talking about it, I was thinking, you know, I'm just like thinking back through my memory, through race memory of Smith and Smith. And I'm, I was thinking like, well, sure, she wasn't like a great comedian, wasn't like a fantastic actress, but at least she could sing. Nope. <laughs> no, no, not that either. No. Slightly, just slightly below every note, just a little bit under yeah. it. You're just like, oh, man. Yeah, she could sing good for church. Yeah, 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 and then uh, yeah. and then okay, so then they he retired. He retired after Red Green. Okay, so he retired after Red Green. Yeah, and then uh, again, I was watching a CBC thing about okay, him, and they meet him on a houseboat and talk to him, uh, and uh, he goes, yeah. So we were uh, me and uh, Morag and this other fellow were uh, going, we're off singing, we're doing a lot of singing, and uh, then um, in between the songs, I start joking. And unfortunately, it starts to work, and people are laughing. And then I'm like, "Oh, I'm not retired." So he started touring his Red Green live. Okay, okay, yeah, without, without Morag. Yeah. So yeah. like he he got back with Morag, then uh, ditch ditch Morag again, and uh, went on the road with Red Green, doing his one man show. Uh huh. Yeah. everybody and welcome to sneaky dragon episode 500 get this 584 yeah for those of you that said we could only make it to 583 who's laughing now <laughs> dave right now that's who, laughing. who's laughing now i am laughing. uh let me introduce you first i'm ian boothby this is i'm david Dedrick. there you go and we've uh we're back by gosh we're heading we're heading hard into uh, 600 episodes. We are. That's coming are. up. That's. I gonna, uh, I'm going to fix my mic. On, please do. On you know, camera. after they say after uh, 584 episodes, <laughs> fix, it's time to fix the mic. Fix Give the it a mic. little uh, tweak. It was just had fallen down. Yeah. So. We're on our second set of mics, I think. Right? These are are these our first mics that we. we these used? are still our first mics. Well, wait a second. We had uh, we had the ones you stole from church. Right? <laughs> no, no, I never sold mics from church. I sold mic stands from church. Oh, okay. But, but we they had... were they were our own mics. Okay. That we were using. Right. So we we took yeah. uh we took wine from church and we took a mic yeah, stand. We took sacramental wine. Yeah. And also Sacramento wine. Oh. Which is very good wine, as you well know. Sacramento is quite well known for yeah. Now people talk about Napa Valley, but no one ever talks about Sacramento. But they do. They talk about Napa Valley a lot. But I mean in terms of wine. It used to be the valley where just people would take naps. <laughs> that's true. It would just be from. like, they go to sleep. Yeah. And then we're like, I wonder why they're taking so many naps. Oh, it's because they're dr- drunk on wine. <laughs> and then people started talking about the wine, and mm. uh, and there you go. And then you had that uh, movie, uh, Spit Bucket, with uh, Paul Giamatti. Mm. Yeah. Was that what it was called? Spit Side- Bucket? Sideways. Sideways. <laughs> that's what it was called. And he was traveling with uh, the Sandman from Spider-Man. That's true. It was the Rhino and the Sandman. Thomas. And they were having adventures and they were traveling together, both talking about how much they hated Spider-Man on the mm. road because mm. they were both Spider-Man villains. Yeah. Admit yeah. it. Admit they were both Spider-Man villains. They were? And uh, yeah, and then Sandro uh, beats one of them up with, uh, with a uh, motorcycle helmet. Yes. And that's the end of that story. That's the end of the movie? Yeah, I think it's, uh, she comes out. And she goes, uh, "It's cracking time," and then she starts <laughs> cracking him on the on the noggin with a with a helmet, I guess, because he was cheating on his wife. I'm assuming. 
Uh, yes. There's a and then some guy shows his penis, and then the movie goes whoop, and it ends. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have an interesting memory of that film. Hmm. It was it was okay, but I just remember like him drinking from a spit bucket, and it was like now everything else is gone <laughs> in the memory. And then there's a penis. There's a penis in a spit bucket, and Sandra O. Oh, and those are the things that I remember the most. And he was cranky, but we're supposed to like like him, I think, even though he's a cranky cuss and he's real fussy, fussy boots. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. Sure, it's a good movie. No, it was fine. It was a fine. It was a fine movie, and yeah. you know, no one's saying anything against it. That's uh, is it Paul Giamatti? That's Alexander Payne, right? That movie sounds about right. Yeah, I saw him do a talk once, and it was quite good. Yeah, is yeah, is that right? I, I guess I've seen I guess I've seen many of his films. I've not seen I've never seen The Descendants. It's all right. I don't know. I can never like bring myself to watch it. I don't know. I feel like eh. it's Hawaii, so you get to see Hawaii, which is nice. Okay, it's very pleasant. And also Nebraska with Bruce. Nebraska, Stewart. I liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bob Odenkirk. Mm, I was seeing that as well. Yeah, huh. does a nice uh, turn. Bob Odenkirk quietly has become this actor that people, you know, you go like, oh, he's a really good actor now. And like, when wasn't he? And I was like, that's a good point. Let me look. Oh, he's been acting for quite a while and yeah. doing his little movies and yeah. quite good. Yeah. It feels like at first he was like doing favors for people. And then it, people like, oh, you're actually really good at this. Yeah. He's very similar uh, to, you know, the starting point of Conan O'Brien. And then they go in very different directions. Mm. You know, and you could almost see either of them taking that same road that the other did. You could see Bob Odenkirk hosting like a talk show and doing bizarre comedy talk show, you know, stuff as yeah. well. But uh, no, he went his own r- r- road and uh, and so did Conan O'Brien and they both seem to be uh, okay. Heart attacks aside, they both seem to be doing okay. They haven't both had heart attacks. No, they have not. Okay. <laughs> Though I do remember an episode of uh, the Conan O'Brien show where they were doing a jokey thing where it's like Conan visits the NBC doctor. Did you ever see that one? Uh, no. It was one where it was like, uh, let's, uh, I, I got to take my physical because he had to take his physical for insurance purposes. Okay. It was like, let's bring the cameras along and goof around. And the, uh, the doctor found something about his heart. And mm. it was like this thing about the, wait a second, are you really saying there's something there? Well, it's something to keep an eye on. Like, what do you say? And yeah, it was like a little moment of, oh, okay, there's something, uh, something going on that's a little odd with, uh, with his heart. So that was the same thing with Conan O'Brien. There was a little heart uh, issue there. Yeah. And they joked their way through it. And then she says, it's nothing really to worry about. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) They were doing this. I mean, that's the thing. You bring bring the comedy camera to your physical. Mm. There is always a chance. Yeah, yeah. Something's going to be found. And you got to play it for comedy. Yeah. My doctor once said something stupid. Once? Yeah. Really like a dumb, dumb thing to say. (laughs) All right. And, well, she said two dumb, dumb things to okay. me. But, I mean, right. one was questionable, which was, you know, if you're going to have an apple, you might as well have a chocolate bar. That's what she said to me. It was like, because there's as much sugar in, like, an apple as there is in a chocolate bar, so you might as well. It's like, that's not... That's that odd. That's wrong. Yeah. Because there's fiber and other things. So this is... <laughs> I mean, this really plays back on the old apple a day keeps the doctor away rivalry. She's got bad... <laughs> uh, you know, she's prejudiced towards apples. I understand. She I, also I, said that about I, bananas. She went, and don't get me started on bananas. Well, I won't, but you're wrong because they're <laughs> potassium and they're, you know, they're okay. Yeah, that's a strange thing to say. Like, I was think I was watching something about orange juice versus eating an orange, and an orange. The person said an orange, ha- like I say, average orange has around forty-seven calories. So I can't imagine an apple is much different than that. And it feels like a chocolate bar would be much more than forty-seven calories. I think it's not the calories; it's sugar. Oh, okay. it's like an intense. It raises your sugar level. I say as I'm drinking. Oh, soda. I see. Okay. You know. 
And uh, I yeah, think I that was what her angle was. But the other thing that she said that I, I was like, huh? Which was, uh, well, you look for something, you're going to find something. Yeah. Well, that like, doesn't seem right either. Yeah, no, wait, hey, detective. <laughs> you know, that's like the cops going like, hey, you go asking questions, you're going to mm. find out about crime. Yeah, which is your job. And we want to find out about crime. Well, I don't right? think she's talking about herself. I think she's talking maybe about patients, you know, will kind of self-diagnose themselves with something even if they don't have it. Oh, I see. All right. Well, because we I tend to, like, like if situa- we let our imagination run wild, we, we, you know, pretty soon you're like, oh, I think I do have those You symptoms. look for something, you're going to find something. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I thought she was saying basically... I have this weird booboos under my arm. I don't know what it's... Well, check that out, actually. That's not great. Uh, the uh, I used to have something under my arm, and I got it removed, which was a good thing to do. Was it but, a uh, hair? It was not hair. Oh. No, it was a lump. It was a considerable lump that grew quite oh. a bit. Oh, yeah. Like, quite a bit to where I should have been more concerned retrospectively of it, and I don't know yeah. why I wasn't. Was it kind of a how-to-get-ahead-in-advertising kind of situation? It was a little bigger than that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And it was like, should uh, probably... I'm sure I talked about it to a doctor and went what about this and they went nah it's fine like, is it though because you know the thing they always say is like you know but if there's any change mm. i'm like well it's changed hmm. yeah okay well you don't seem as concerned as the person uh who was you six months ago who gave me the advice of if it changes let, let them know because yeah. you are that same person and now you don't care but okay fine uh but yeah what i thought she was saying was when they said th- if it changes they meant if it grows a mouth let me know. That's right. If it becomes Richard E. Grant, uh, <laughs> let me know. Uh, if I think what I was taking that she was saying was don't go looking for trouble. And I feel like <laughs> with the human body. Was she, was she like thumping her hand with a big stick when she said this? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Mr. Nosy. <laughs> well, if you're going to go feeling that bitch, you're going to maybe find something. Slapping her like, hand with a tongue dis- depressor. Yeah. yeah. And then I went... Uh, this is not a bad fetish thing. I'll give you that much. This whole uh, slapping your hand with a th- tongue depressor thing. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to store this away for later. But as a doctor, this is not the best. She also had a thing where uh, she told me her name, as in like her last name. Okay. And she went, but you can call me Dr. Uh, Lee. You can call me Dr. L. But whatever you do, don't call me. And it was like her full name. It's like, what do you mean don't call you by your full name? But, you know... Uh, yeah. That's weird, right? Sure. She like, should have said, don't call me late for dinner. Yeah. that And I go a, like... That's a classic. That's a, yeah, I go, you know, absolutely. It's a classic. <laughs> and she'd go, I'm just testing your humor reflexes. You didn't react, so they're uh, they're right. They're good. They're good. Your humor reflexes are good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, doctors. When you get a good one, keep them as best you can. Mm. You know, treat them well. Tip them if you can. <laughs> don't go with sailors. Yeah, why not? That's just a tip I Olive heard. Olive oil did. She seems happy. Does she? Nah. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Does she seem? No. She doesn't seem even. She doesn't seem to have made a firm she decision. She seems very either. stressed. Yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. Oh, Popeye. And also, she doesn't seem to have made a firm decision either way between Popeye. Yeah. Or his rival. Bluto slash Brutus. Doesn't it feel though once she does decide on Popeye, all the sparks gonna go out? You know, he's not he's gonna get bored because mm. Popeye's in it for the thrills. Yeah. He's in it for beating up Bluto as much as he is. Yeah. Like, well, it's a simple answer to the, all those problems right there. Spinach cologne. Yeah. Yep, that would work. So, you know, that'll last or a little Or spinach colonic. <laughs> I'm sure colonic. that would also work. Yeah, that's a classic. Oh, gug, 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 gug. <laughs> Cleans you right out. Yep. 
yeah, they have. Oh, forget it. I was going to say that on the buttock cheeks, there's like the little dynamo is pumping away, you know. Oh, so, I thought yeah. like you were going to say his uh, butt looks like his face. <laughs> well, like it's that same situation. Yeah, that's also And then true. like coming out of his bum is like yeah. a little pipe. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> fun and fun. I, uh, I've i been uh, playing old uh, Game Boy games because uh, uh, they appeared on my uh, Switch last night. Okay. It's part of this Nintendo Online thing uh, where they're showing, they give you old games and they decided to give you some uh, Game Boy games, uh, Game Boy Advance games. Mm-hmm. And uh, ah, they're, they're fun. Oh, boy. They, 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 they were this weird thing where they didn't have a lot of graphics capability. Yeah. So they just went deep and weird. Mm-hmm. And, they, uh, and they had a good time with them, yeah. which is nice. Whereas now... You got all these open world games. I feel that not that things are bad now, but you got all these open world games where, like, you know, it's pretty basic what you're doing. It's yeah. spectacular. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. But it's like weird ass ideas uh, are a plenty in these games, which is fun. The ones you're doing that that aren't open. Yeah. Like there's one, things. and again, they don't have it on uh, the Switch right now. But like something I used to like with like Game Boy Advance was they had this uh, version of Donkey Kong, okay. and it's like the original version of Donkey Kong on. The Game Boy was three levels. There's four levels to Donkey Kong, and they only had three levels. They couldn't give you the fourth level for some reason, which was the cement factory slash pie factory, whatever you want to call it, that <laughs> okay. level, right? Yes. Though, oddly enough, that level just got released this week Yeah. on like the uh, on, on the Switch for the old game. So you can now do all four levels of Donkey wow. Kong. But I hope they said this level is as hard as the pies. It's so fucking hard. Mm. God damn, that's a hard <laughs> level. Um, so anyway, uh, but then they remade Donkey Kong for the Game Boy Advance, I believe, or maybe it was just the Game Boy. And so uh, on on that one, they, it starts off with the first couple of levels being very similar to uh, the game that you're familiar with. And then there are about 120 other levels. They just give wow. you all these crazy levels. They give you all these levels where you're just finding keys and unlocking doors <laughs> and doing all this banana stuff. And yeah. you go to the city and you're doing all this stuff in the city. Sure. And it's just, huh. huh. It's just like so generous with levels and weirdness and something, you know, you, uh, yeah, that uh, kind of has been lost over time now with like new video games it's just a recreation of like the old stuff but this one was just like hey you know let's give people a lot of things yeah yeah there's a real generosity to these games that i appreciate i'm a little confused though so now tell me my donkey kong my donkey kong hashtag has the sweetest smile (laughs) hashtag not my donkey kong my little butter was a coleco vision all right and i don't remember four levels i don't remember going anywhere i don't remember going to a uh wine and cheese party level or whatever it was a pie party i just remember it always just being like the scaffolding with rolling barrels okay you got here's your levels okay uh one is your uh, scaffolding where you're going up uh ladders yeah that's level one okay level two you're going to be like uh there's a uh, little elevators that are coming down and there's a little bouncy coil that's going and you've got to like get through that okay and then level three you're climbing up and you're removing um bolts from uh from uh, a scaffolding okay. and then when you removed all i think either six or eight but i think it's six bolts uh donkey kong falls and lands on his head and then you and the girl uh, i think it's Rosalind. i think it's ros pauline pauline uh get together and it's like ding diddling ding things worked out things <laughs> worked out for to uh, us and then it resets you're back to first level goes through again 
Uh, but then the next time around, uh, there's a, an extra level, which is like, yeah, these little uh, kind of uh, pies are going by or cement is going by. And you got to <laughs> climb up past the cement uh, to get to Donkey Kong. So it's four levels. That's If you play it in the arcade, that's uh, that's there. Yeah. I would say watch King of Kong. You will see that level many a time. Mm. Yeah, I... I mean, I must have played those levels. I just, I don't remember at all now. Did you also have Donkey Kong Jr.? I don't think so. I think we just had like the basic, we had the most basic games in the world. And then that we, one came with the uh, machine. Donkey Kong Jr.? Yeah. Uh, no, but, no, Donkey Kong. Yeah, uh, that's, what we, that's what we, that's what we, we just had the games that came with the machine. I don't remember us getting any extra games with it, or maybe I just wasn't that interested in yeah, any, anything else. Okay. Because they probably would have been sports games that we had. So what did it. you have? You had Donkey Kong and then what else? Uh, Duck Hunt came with it oh it had a gun yeah it had the gun with it as okay. well was it accurate do you feel oh, are did they you ever feel it was fair are they ever accurate well did you just hold it up to the screen and just shoot like instead like you just went screw it i'm just standing like an inch from the screen no 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 i never did that never did that okay i don't, I don't remember uh, having to feeling like i should write a letter of complaint to anyone okay dear um, mr duck hunt yeah i mean it was just we had um for whatever reason my brother's my younger brother's room upstairs became the the games room. I don't know why. He had the TV. He had a TV set in there, and then he had the ColecoVision in there. It was not his necessarily. It was our ColecoVision, but it was in his room. So then we would all sit in there. We had like a couch set up uh, in front of his bed. This old, this old. Now did he just corduroy did couch. he have a television in his room? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. And and so yeah, so he had the TV in there, and then he had like this setup where in front of his bed were these these kind of uh, these weird. I don't want to call it corduroy because it was it was more like roperoy. Okay. It was like big, bigger, bigger seams of like this kind of. But that's where the couch was. It was like this yellow. It was as ugly as I'll get out. Oh, I think my parents. Yeah. My parents probably it were. A, it was an ugly time. My parents were probably paid to take it away from someone yeah. else's house, and so that was what we like reclined on because it was so big you couldn't sit on it. Like you couldn't sit upright. You just you just kind of sank back into it like you were sitting on a marshmallow, and we would play uh, Donkey Kong endlessly. And, and we must have had sports games. But I, I was never very interested in the sports games. Well, let me give you the fifteen top Coleco games. Sure, let me let me know. Uh, number one was Ladybug. Do you remember Ladybug? Nope, no, never no played one Ladybug. remembers Ladybug. Don't worry about it. It's not important. <laughs> How about Popeye? No, I never played Popeye. Popeye was good. Okay. Popeye was a multi-level game that was not unlike Donkey Kong. Uh, but yeah, you're going around and uh, Bluto's trying to get you, and you're trying to collect hearts or other things sure and then uh, you kiss olive oil at the end and just you get typical, spinach and when you get spinach you beat the shit out of bluto for a while the typical popeye adventure yeah typical uh thing number 13 was uh pac-man we had pac-man on atari but never we didn't have it on ColecoVision. not the worst not the worst pac-man worst pac-man was of course atari horrible <laughs> What's flickering we ridiculous we had that terrible one. <laughs> uh burger time number 12 uh, nope never pretty good pretty good game Pitfall? Nope. All right. Pitfalls are uh, okay. Are we going from worst? I mean, not when I say worst, but from least, least favorite to best. To best. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bump and jump. Sounds. That's sounds, a uh, racing kind of game. Okay. Uh, number na- nine. Well, I disagree with this. Uh, Smurfs Rescue in Gargamel's Castle. <laughs> okay. And I say Smurfs. It's actually Smurf, which Smurf. is weird. Why are you calling Smurf it Smurf? Rescue. Like one Smurf? Oh, it's a Smurf rescue. Smurf colon rescue in Gargamel's castle. Oh. Should be Smurfs. Yeah, yeah. They're not. It's not Smurf. It's not one Smurf. Smurf sounds like it's a cop. Maybe that's it's a. It's col- like, hey, Smurf, mm. you got to find out who murdered uh, Gargamel. I'm going to go with murdered Gargamel, and it, the answer is Azrael. Azrael would have murdered Gargamel. <laughs> uh, number eight is Spy Hunter. Yeah, it's all right. It's a little repetitive, but okay. you know, I guess it's. I guess that's an okay game. Seven Galaxian. Yeah, fair enough. 
Clock seemed pretty Fair good, enough. but that we didn't play that on. Number quickly. six, Frogger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Frogger's fine. Frogger's got some good replay value. Yeah. Frogger, the thing that Frogger has going for it is uh, every time you die in Frogger, you know it's your damn fault. Right? Like, it's never like, that wasn't fair. It's yeah. like, no, no. <laughs> That's on me. I jumped in front of a car. That's on me. Number five, Cubert. Disagree. Cubert's a shit game. Okay. Cubert's a bullshit shit are game. They, these are like most popular or the best games? Best games. Okay. Number four, Zaxxon. Zaxxon. Zaxxoff. Yeah, it was a 3D kind of shooter thing. Yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you that. Oh, wow. That is weird. Uh, number three was Minor 2049er. Now, Minor 2049er was the first game I ever got hooked on. Like, okay. really hooked on. Yeah. To the point where my parents went, stop playing that. Yeah. You're playing that too much. You're playing that goddamn game hours a day. Stop <laughs> playing that game. But I was really, really hooked on Minor 2049er. It sounds a little bit like, is it Outland, that movie with... Yes, Sean it Connor. is Outland. It's yeah. exactly that. No, just strong disagreement with number two. Okay. Uh, Antarctic Adventure. Bullshit. Bullshit. What are you talking about? Get lost. It's a person, penguin game. Person likes penguins. Yeah, it's a bet. Number one, what are you going to do? It's Donkey Kong. Yeah. So you're telling me yeah. that um, you're telling me Donkey Kong Jr. ain't in this mix? Huh. Strong disagreement on that. <laughs> Donkey Kong Jr. is a quality game. Yeah. And the only game that uh, has Mario as the bad guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Mario captures Donkey Kong and you're his son trying to free him. Okay, so sort of a Mighty Joe Young take on the... Absolutely, uh, so. yeah. That's what it says, like, in the box. A Mighty Joe Young <laughs> take, type take on things. Take on things. Yeah. <laughs> and then underneath that it says, you've seen Mighty Joe Young, right? And then underneath it says, oh, you really should see Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> yeah. well, don't you remember them mentioning all the time on That's Hollywood? Yeah. That's what, that, that's what the box says. And then uh, underneath uh, it says turnover box. And you turn over box and it's an ad for That's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's Tom strange. Bosley. Yeah. Hey, you know. Was <laughs> it that That's Holly- Hollywood. Uh, that's Entertainment, wasn't oh, it? No, I thought it was That's Hollywood. Oh, you're right. That's Hollywood because That's Entertainment was the movie the, the series. Dance, the dances, yeah. That I guess had some connection between the two? Nope. No, because That's Hollywood was strictly one studio's output that they kind of repackaged. I think it was 20th Century Fox, but I can't remember who. No, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly who did That's Hollywood, but right. but the, it was it feels like it was just one studio that kind of used its its back its library of movies to create uh, yeah a little like best scenes show. from the fly like the original Vincent Price Fly and things like that. And as a kid who liked movies, it was kind of fun because mm-hmm. you didn't have to see all these movies; you just got kind of like a quick view of of various films and be like, yeah, oh, if you want to see that whole movie that has the ladies swimming. No, you don't want Esther Williams. You don't oh, want to that's, see that's entertainment, but they're yeah. talking about That's Hollywood. Oh, That's Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and that was only a half hour long, and it was usually at 5 o'clock. Yeah, because that's, that's entertainment also just drew from one studio's yeah. library with that MGM, but yeah. But so did That's Hollywood. But... Did you ever watch uh, Don Adams' screen test? No. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? I am about? not familiar with it. All right. The, 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 obviously the... a television reviewer. What? Huh? Huh? No. Uh, so it was a kind of a game show. Oh, okay. And the idea behind it was you'd have contestants, and I guess they were competing. I don't know if there really was a competition, but it was uh, you'd show like a classic movie clip, mm-hmm. and then you'd get real people to recreate that movie clip as best they could. Okay, that's fun. And they'd, that's a and they'd be in a studio, and quite often it would be like a water stunt or something. As in, like it'd be like uh, them h- hanging on to, like on a lifeboat or something on some on some water, or have to go in the water. There so, was a big... so these are scenarios. They're not from actual movies. They're just yeah. scenarios. Oh, were they for yeah old movies? classic movies? Oh. 
wow. So you'd recreate it. You'd have to do the, you know, I'm a bum, but, but like not, but not like that well known. You're paraphrasing it, so you're like you're trying to get it right, yeah, yeah, yeah. do and do the best. But you'd have a lot of physical business to do as yeah. well. So it'd be something like you'd have to be making a cake, or it'd be some movie what? where someone's doing physical things, yeah. you know, playing a card game yeah. while talking and gangster talk or something. And then, yeah, they'd have to do it as best they could. And then they'd screw up, of course, because yeah. they're humans. Sure. And they'd make fun of it. And then Don Adams would make fun of them. And it'd be all right. But he'd be also encouraging. How come they didn't call it undrunk movie history? Because people would have, that's a way better, more interesting thing. People would have watched it then. No, that's, a, that's all yours. <laughs> it's all I, I think the concept is public domain. <laughs> but yeah, I used to watch that show quite a bit. Yeah, that sounds fun. Makes me think of that Billy Crystal bit where he like does the foley for a pretend scene for a movie where he like supposed to be like a jungle scene and he's like using potato chips for people walking through the long grass and all that. Do you remember that one? No, what's that from? It's like a, a stand up part of a stand up bit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. When he was a stand up comedian, very briefly in the late seventies. So his, uh, from what I got from the Grammys this year was uh, his uh, father was in the music industry and was uh, really into Motown and was okay. like connected somehow with uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of that. And so he had a, a lot of the Motown guys would just be dropping by when he was a little kid. Really? And that got him interested in show business. I wonder what his dad did. So his dad was like a big uh, record executive. But not at Motown, because Motown was uh, pretty black. This is... Uh, okay, so here's, here's what I'm going to say is, Ian, why don't you look at uh, the, the thing? So Billy Crystal, because yeah. I was just looking up Don Adams' screen test to give you a thing. So this is where we're going to see uh, early life. Sure, early life. Early life. Early life of Billy Crystal. He was born at Doctor's Hospital. I don't need that. Chris's course, his mom, Crystal Gale. I don't need any. Oh, uh, yeah. Crystal's he was a jazz promoter, ah, a producer okay. and an executive uh, for Commodore Records. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Founded yeah. by Crystal's uncle, musician and songwriter, Milt uh, Gabler. So, uh, yeah, had all these jazz musicians as well. Was, uh, okay. So, like, people that would come by and drop by the house would be, like, uh, uh, Billie Holiday would come by and Pee Wee Russell and whatnot. <laughs> uh, and there you go. And the uh, him and his brothers used to uh, love uh, Bob Newhart, Rich Little, Sid Caesar. And uh, and they would uh, imitate the records that their father would bring home of theirs. So okay. That's where they uh, wow. started off. There you go. All right. So let me find that Don Adams screen test so we can get a clip of that for later. <laughs> for the show. Yeah. Okay. You, you do that. This is uh, this is what I do now on the show. Oh, there we go. It's your job. Nice. It's from the TV show. By the way, is from uh, around 1975. Screen test. Okay. Screen test. So this All is right. the time where I would watch anything that was on TV. So you you've gone from co-host to research assistant. Yes. So. What go from? Have I not always been this? Has has there ever been a time? We used to wing it more than we do now. We did. We would. It was a very different, uh, slower internet time. But uh, people kept saying, "Prove it," and I'm like, "All right, fine." So did there they? You go. Yeah. Okay. You liars! You dirty liars! <laughs> people. Have been and then so you aggressive. started making up this whole show about a vampire who was in a soap opera, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Ixnay." Okay. Which we're not doing today. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. I couldn't uh, couldn't fit it into my week because because I to be honest with you I procrastinated and then uh, time ran out. That's all Is I got to say for myself. Is it possible to anti procrastinate? To anti procrastinate? Yeah. If you can procrastinate, yeah. can you anti procrastinate? And if so, does that mean just get on with something? I don't think the word in that word is the word yeah it's like professional you're not a professional because you're for something you're just a professional oh there's no fessionals there's no anti-fessionals okay so it's not like you can't be anti-lific like you're not a professor because you're for teaching 
There's no anti-log. There's an epilogue. Well, there's a... Prologue, epilogue. Yeah. Oh, there is then. Yeah. Okay, so that, that was a bad example. Bad example. <laughs> get, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Like There, there you do have like an instance where it's being epi- used. Epicrastinate. Would that work? <laughs> uh, no, I think you can procrastinate or just complete tasks. Okay. That's your, that's your choice. <laughs> so, yeah. We used to have a thing on a TV show I worked on as a kid. And uh, I forget the name of the character. But it was a person who knew every word in the English language. Okay. And so uh, kids would call in and give a big word. I see. And they would uh, describe the root word of that word and where that word came from and what that word means. Mm. And, of course, they would just bullshit their way through it. He had a little blackboard. He'd write it all down. He'd spell it wrong. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> quite often it would almost get really dirty and they'd have to, like, Mm. Pull pull way back. It was a it was a live show. So oh, I see. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh dear, kids. Do an improv on a live show. It's a little uh, dodgy, especially if you're kid show. Mm. Yeah, especially if you're at an adult who's used to doing you know, like humorous material for adults. It's kind of hard to not allow your your natural instincts to have free reign. Speaking of uh, kid shows, I used to work on. Again, I mentioned that I worked on a show called Skin Marink with Sharon Lois and Brom, and you saw the horror movie Skin Marink. Yeah. Am I? Are the are the two words different? Skin Marink and Skin Marink. Are we? Or is it it's the same word? S K I N A Skin S K I N A M A R I N K. Okay. So my question to you, as someone who worked on this show and never mm-hmm. was curious, yeah, what's the word mean? Or is it a made-up word? I think it's a made-up word. So it? it's a made-up word that this yeah. horror show said. Was it made up by Sharon Lois and Brom? Isn't it kind of like a Jimmy Durante thing? Skinnamarink. <laughs> is that what you think? <laughs> sure. Makes it, it certainly sounds like something okay. you'd say. But in the... I'm really just thinking of when he went rinky-dinky-doo. You know, yeah. Because he would do kind of scat sort of things. Right. Yeah. Good night, Mrs. Calabash. You know what you did. What? <laughs> um, so in the movie Skinnamarink, yeah. does anyone say the word Skinnamarink and define what Skinnamarink is? Or is that just the title? <laughs> there the is no helpful, there's no helpful uh, guidepost to anything in that movie. Okay, so there's no mention of the word skinnamarink in it. No. Okay. No. Unlike, say, the movie that I just watched the other night, Marry Me, which starts with a person saying, singing, Marry Me. Oh. And you're like, oh, that's, good. that's the title. There we okay. go. Mary was in the room, so he went, yes, before I could do it, because she is the mas- mistress, master. Did she do know. that uh, when she was watching The Thing every time anyone said the word thing? You only do it once. Here's the thing. You only do it once. The only, okay, yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I mean, you only do You only yes do it once. once yeah, you only once say it once. That's said. the Penn and Teller rules. That's the Penn and Teller rules. Or just rule, the yeah. Penn rules. Teller doesn't, Teller doesn't go to that shit. Teller stays home and looks at art and like <laughs> plays classical music. Sure. Teller, Teller's got I'm things I'm sure to Teller do. goes to movies, but yeah. Teller goes to classy movies. Uh-huh. You're not going to see Teller, yes, you know, at the he new would never, He would never make a goofy comedy called Penn and Teller Get Murdered. Well, that was a pretty dark film. It's fun, but yeah, still, it's pretty goofy. You know, it, uh, it's directed by Arthur Penn. They went, they went there, and it ends pretty gruesomely, and you know, it's very kind of, art house. It's kind of funny because before I knew about them as like magicians, they were in a movie. I can't remember the movie now. It's so long ago, and it's like a woman who's a chauffeur or someone's a chauffeur in this film, and they play like two con artists that do like a a bit in the movie. But they're just oh. they're just in it for a short time doing this little thing and and it's uh and that's when I first saw them like and I I saw I watched it with Rob Repsol hmm. former friend of the show and I feel like my chauffeur I guess that's what it's called my chauffeur yeah yeah they played Bone and Abdul okay 
Yeah. I think it's just like a small bit in the film where they're like, sure. they do like a con or something like that. And That's it's, why I look stuff up. You get Pen, you get Pen Gillette's, uh Snappy Patter and, and, and uh, Teller's, Edward Teller's uh, magic, Magical Hands. They were also both in Miami Vice, but separately. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They were in my, it looks like they were made for, it feels like they're made for TV movies or something. But they, uh, in Miami Vice, The Prodigal Son, uh, Penn was in it as a character called Jimmy Borges. And in Miami Vice, Like a Hurricane, mm. Teller was in it as uh, Ralph Fisher. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Did he talk? I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume so. And uh, they were in the Drew Carey show as Archibald Fenn and Geller. Yeah, I did, I, I, this the, what was interesting about the film to me was that that was before like I saw them on David Letterman or anything like that. So, and so they were kind of like, and I feel like someone that we knew recommended that we see that movie because they were in it. Okay, like you should see these guys; they're really funny. So we watched the film because the film is so so, and they do a little bit in it, and that was kind of what was supposed to be interesting. Yeah, about it's from it. 1986. I would have I would have seen it because uh, I saw every movie then. Yeah, there was no way you wouldn't. see I saw it in video, so I don't even know. Yeah, if it, that's if it the came... thing. I might not have like rented it. So yeah, if it was in the theater, I would have seen it. Yeah, but we yeah. Howard Hessman was in it. That makes sense. <laughs> he was in everything then. He was. He was even in Billy Jack. Was he? Yeah. Okay. He's like. Is there like an improv improv troupe as part of like the place where Billy Jack is a commune where he uh, hangs out or whatever. Remember a weird episode of Saturday Night Live where he started off by going, no one's telling dead Jim Belushi or John Belushi jokes. Howard Hesman said that? Yeah. And it was like he was friends with John Belushi. Okay. And it was like, you know, this seems to be the place to do it. So he started (laughs) telling uh, jokes, you know. Yeah. What's blue and sings alone? Dan Aykroyd. And like a lot of those. And the audience was, ooh. It's like, ah, John would have liked it. Too soon. I don't know if he would have liked it. He seemed grumpy. Don't know if you would have liked it, but, you know, fair enough. Well, he was a guy making the joke, though, so it's fine. Huh. He was a founding member of the San Francisco-based improv troupe, uh, The Committee. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, let me let me throw this trivia sure, at sure. you. Sure, sure. Okay, so he was in, he was in, a founding member of uh, The Committee, mm-hmm. which, you know. Uh, with what MASH actor? MASH actor? So I feel like Jamie Farr? Nope. Oh. I'm going to give you five guesses. You're going to get them all wrong. Get then, all- uh, then you'll might get it right. So go for your sixth guest. Regular uh, on MASH. From the beginning of the show? No. Came in later? Is yes. The guy who played Winchester? Yes. There we go. David, David Ogden Steers. Yes. <laughs> who, when you hear him in, when you see him in Accidental Tourist, you go, he doesn't have a Boston accent. No. He was in, uh, we watched the other day, uh, The Cheap Detective. Oh, yeah, with Peter Falk. Yeah, Peter Falk and uh, David Ogden Steers is, is in that. Mm. And so is, um, what's his name? Uh, that'll do, Pig, that'll that'll do. James Cromwell? Yeah. Okay. As a character called Schnell. Okay, Schnell. So uh, Schnell. He's, he's a, yeah, that's right. So the the joke is, of course, yeah. he's with the uh, other Germans. And the, the head German guy is, Schnell, yes. No, not you, Schnell. I'm telling you, uh, Darash. Okay, all right, Schnell, yes. No, Schnell, I don't mean you. Listen, uh, quicker, Silly. yes. Not you, quicker. I mean, we must go faster. <laughs> and when you see that, you know, moderately funny material, you go, Neil Simon? Neil Simon. Neil, Neil Simon. Simon. Yeah. Here we go, yeah. Neil Simon. <laughs> the cheap detective. Yeah. Where you're like, Hey, this is like Mel Brooks, but not as good. Who am I watching here? (laughs) Oh, Neil Simon. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knew Mel Brooks. He knew Mel Brooks. He knew Mel Brooks. Hey, what are we doing? Murder by death, huh? Yeah, it's it's all right. I guess it's okay. 
Who did? Uh, Neil Simon. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. This all makes sense. Some of the jokes are all right. Yeah. Some of the jokes. Yeah. You get volume mm-hmm. and a lot of good actors. Sure. He was the Jewish Steve Smith. <laughs> it's our second week uh, semi-bashing Steve Smith. <laughs> Look, well, Steve Smith's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He, he, he knew the system. Yeah. He played the system. Yeah. He won the game. He did. You he know, created... don't hate the player. No. Hate the, hate the Canada game that made... The only thing I dislike about Steve Smith is because I got stuck with a laugh track. That was a Steve Smith laugh track <laughs> that I was told, like, it's the best laugh track in the business. They <laughs> use this no on the Red track. Green show. There is no it's good laugh track. It's the best laugh track there is. Oh. Well, if it's the best one, then I guess that's fine. Just <laughs> destroyed the, the pilot. It was awful. So I got a little bit of resentment for that, but aside from that... That's not really on Steve Smith, though. Okay. But yeah, that's, uh, that's a terrible thing that's kind of gone away, isn't it? The, the laugh track? The laugh track. Hopefully forever, but it probably will come back again. It's so weird when you watch an old cartoon, like you watch an old Scooby-Doo or something, mm. and then it's like, what do you think Why? this is filmed in front of a live audience? <laughs> what is going on? Like, are here? we trying to fool the kids into... <laughs> into laughing at this? Yeah. Like, I can sort of get it for a Flintstones. Yeah. Because you're you're making an adult cartoon. Yeah. Uh, at the time, it's weird to think that that was an adult cartoon, but it was. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so you want to duplicate the elements of a sitcom, and one of them is Laugh Track. And so, yeah. okay, fair enough. Yeah. Makes sense. But then Hanna-Barbera goes, hey, you know what needs this? Everything else. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm trying to think if they had it on like Huckleberry Hound or Megilla Gorilla or any of uh, those ones. Yeah. I don't remember it being on them, but that, you know, I barely remember those. Lippy and Choo Choo or whatever the other crap they had. <laughs> There's so many. I, I went down that rabbit hole the other day of like, I was looking at like the Peter Potamus show because I was like, what was his show? What was Peter Potamus? Peter Potamus like, had a show? Yeah. Peter Potamus had a show. And oh. you're going like, he's got a safari jacket and a pith helmet. Yeah. What's his deal? What's his deal? It's yeah, like yeah. he hunting other animals? Uh, that can't be right. What's he doing? What's yeah. his situation? Sure. What did he have his own show? And his whole thing was uh, he flew around in a balloon, and uh, <laughs> that was his thing basically. And he was uh, amazing. The whole song was like he's amazing. He's our ideal. And and if if you listen to the Megilla Gorilla yeah uh, theme song, there's also a thing. Uh, he's ideal. He's a. Uh, and like coincidentally, yes, sponsored by Ideal. Oh, so they slipped a little uh, slipped Ideal. A little, in. Yeah, yeah, I get you. There, but let me just look up Peter Potter here for a second. See what they're doing. Because it just got to the point where we're just like, well, now we're just talking nonsense. <laughs> uh, let's see, Peter Potamus. Well, it seems. I think I mentioned before that I follow a on Instagram. I follow a Alex Toth um, art site. That is, they and they'll put a lot of his his concept art. Yeah, into into the into the uh, uh, part of it, and it feels like the reason of reason to be of Hanna Barbera was not necessarily to produce cartoons, but to produce cartoon ideas. No shit. So just a, no this, shit. This These giant are machine all of half an idea. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we're going to town. Like okay, so the Peter Potamus show. Yeah, which is called Peter Potamus and his flying magic balloon. <laughs> all right okay. they sure try which now is in bad taste hard. what with the chinese spy balloon oh, very down yeah. on it. and you can always like okay so all right so yeah his whole thing is he's flying around this balloon he's having adventures oh he can also travel through time because why the fuck not true and so it was peter potamus and so so and so so was a monkey mm. that he was with yeah. But but his show was shared by these two other things. Okay. One was uh, Breezley and Sneezley. And 
again, you just anything goes. <laughs> yes, you know who are who are Breezley and Sneasley? who do you think Breezley and Sneasley would be? Just take some guesses. <laughs> Why not? Is it continue with the jungle theme, or is it no, like no, no. Uh, no, not even unrelated, un- unrelated, unrelated? We're just okay. making shit up. Okay, oh, I just think of them as two dogs, but I, I don't know. A polar bear. Okay. And a sneal, a seal, a seal. Yeah. I wouldn't have seen a sneal coming. A polar bear and a seal. Yeah, I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that. Breezley and Sneasley. That doesn't really make me think of polar bears. I mean, I know it applies cold and. Mm. Okay, but here's so the thing: every episode, polar bears and seals don't really get cold like that. No, they he tries to eat the seal. I would assume. <laughs> um, I would oh, assume okay. you would assume that would be the situation. Yeah, it's not. Okay. No, they're pals. I think they're pals. Yeah, they're pals. But this point, and they're trying to pals. break in somewhere. Where are they trying to break into every week? Every week. Where are they trying to break into? What's their deal? What's their gimmick? What's their thing? What's their thing? What are they trying to break into? Uh, is there like a frozen fish depot in their neighborhood? You're right. It's an army camp. They're trying to break into an army <laughs> camp. Why are they trying to break into an army camp? Well, I don't know, but they're trying to stay one step ahead of the camp's leader, uh, Colonel Fuzzby. <laughs> and uh, Howard Morris does the voice of the polar bear. Mel Blanc does uh, Sneasley. This. Right. And in case I haven't mentioned, who do you think does the voice of Peter Potamus? Has to be it's Hanna Barbera. It's uh, Dawes. Yeah, Dawes, Dawes Butler. Butler. Of course it is. And and uh, you now here's the thing about Peter Potamus. Yeah, he had the exact same voice as another Hanna Barbera character. Okay, Lippy the Lion. Oh, just went. I got this. Vo- it's fine. Who cares? Who gives a shit? <laughs> and then So So the Monkey was uh, Don Mesick because you know. He was- All right. So the other three, the animal expert uh, people that show up. Uh, not people. The other characters that are on yeah. that have their own thing. Yippy Yappy and Yahooey. Oh, okay. Three monkeys? Nope. Three mice? Nope. Three Yippy Yappy and Yahooey. Three hyenas? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, what are they? Uh, they are <laughs> three dogs. Oh, my God. I said dogs before and I... Right. And they're voiced by Doug Young, Hal Smith, and Dawes Butler imitating Jerry Lewis. Hey, lady. Right. So what do you think Yippy Yappy and Yahooey's job is? Their job. Yeah. They work together. <laughs> they work together. There's three of them working on this job. Yeah. Uh, are they working for NASA? They are not. They are uh, musketeers. <laughs> what did I think of that? Yeah. Throw your hands in the air and just go, what the fuck? Who cares? Common job. It's just common. And they're working for the king, voiced by Hal Smith. Okay. Uh, who's short. That's yes. the whole bit. Uh, okay. Is he's very short. I gotcha. That's all. And they can't mention this. No, I think that's all they mention is jokes about him uh, being okay. short. <laughs> And yeah. who's, there, who's the villain in this? Is it uh, Cardinal Richelieu? I guess it's people. Yeah, Cardinal Richelieu. That's right. <laughs> classic classic cartoon villain. Uh, it's uh, Cardinal Splotz. <laughs> who's a penguin. <laughs> yeah. Who's an impression of Bob Newhart. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, that seems a little low-key for... Uh, okay, it's an impression of... Uh, it's a... Uh, sorry. Uh, oh, God damn it. Why am I blanking on this? Uh, who's the, who's the insult? John Rickles. He's an impression. Oh, he's of John impression Rickles. John Rickles. Okay, yeah, look Rickles. at this hockey puck here. Who's this guy? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's guy. Uh, John yeah. Rickles isn't that expensive. I'm glad to see it. this mouse here because I know that uh, no one's trying to steal my car. You see, the stereotype in this universe <laughs> is that mice steal cars. They would be Classic. a racial thing in my in your world. Yeah, but in our world, full of animals, <laughs> mice. Where mice are well known. Polar bears try to break into army camps <laughs> to, I guess, eat people. I don't know what their motivation would be. Maybe They're, get food. Are they Russian spies? Oh, that means. Yeah, it just feels like Hanna Barbera was nonsense words done. <laughs> I, I I wish that their their 
tagline for their company was the house of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> not not good or bad ideas, just ideas. Everywhere. Like it feels like you could just walk into the room and just go, you know, Flippy and Skippy. <laughs> what? I think they did. Flippy and Skippy. What yeah. are they? Uh, they're two ducks. Yeah. Well, what do they want? Well, you know, they want to break into NASA and go to the moon. But no one wants these ducks to go to the moon. They're like, <laughs> why do the monkeys get to go to the moon? Uh, us ducks want to go to the moon. And they're like, oh, no, you can't break into NASA. Why not? Because of mean Mr. Madison, <laughs> who's running NASA and he won't let you. And like, yo, get those ducks off the thing. You're screwing up all the things, you ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're screwing it up. Sure. But then they team up because, yeah, the Russians are trying to get up there. And those ducks don't uh, cotton with no ruskies. <laughs> Good. Now, the Russians yes. are a couple of hedgehogs. <laughs> and that's Vladimir and Vladimir. Okay. Oh, Vladimir and Vladimir. Vladimir and Vladimir. Oh, Vladimir. Vladimir and Vladimir. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And their uh, equivalent to me, Mr. Madison, is Mr. Chekhov. But not related to Chekhov. <laughs> not, the, as in no, that, not the author. But like che- like yeah. very, uh, there's a lot of references to Anton Chekhov's work. A lot of uh, references to the cherry orchard and whatnot. And uh, I'm assuming Chekhov did the cherry orchard. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Anyway. And they want uh, their their spies. So normally me, Mr. Madison, is trying to keep the ducks away from the rocket because the ducks want to rocket to the moon. Yeah, yeah. Because for some reason, the ducks think that there's like a lot of water on the moon. They're dumb. (laughs) They don't understand how it works. Sure, sure. Uh, But yeah, they do team up against the Russians every so often, which is nice. Love it. Let's take it to Hanna Barbera. I think I think we got a sale. My lord. Yeah, I'm just looking. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Alex Toth is doing incredibly detailed uh, figure drawings for the Glorpians for, <laughs> for Captain Zasmo and the the uh, right. outer space bunch or whatever. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I've probably watched 20 episodes of the Herculoids. Okay, probably. Okay, couldn't tell you shit about them. <laughs> are they a family? Uh, are those the creatures their pets? Are they in the yeah. future? But that's are idea. they on another world? That's an I got no fucking clue. Is this our future? Is this our past? <laughs> Who do they fight? What's the point of them? Yeah, I have no idea. But they're kind of like the they're kind of like the um, what are they called in the in the Marvel universe? Those Inhumans. The Inhumans. Yeah, they're kind of like that, right? Kind of. You tell me. I, I know what the Inhumans <laughs> are. The Inhumans are uh, aliens came down to Earth, which are the Kree. Yeah, and they seeded uh, Earth. Uh, so, uh, we, you ended up with the three things you ended up with, um, uh, humans yeah. with us, uh, deviants who are kind of like lower versions of us yeah. that live underground or like, Duh, but strong. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, the inhumans, which were kind of the hoi polloi, the, uh, okay. uh, who had superpowers. Yeah. And because they inconvenient s- superpowers, inconvenient superpowers, yeah. but people thought that the inhumans were gods. So, uh, you know, uh, oh, no, wait, wait. Am I getting this right? Eh, close enough. Uh, I'm, I'm probably confused. I think they Eternals. were secret. I'm confusing the yeah, Eternals. I think the Eternals are getting, you're getting mixed up right, with the Right, right. So the Inhumans. They were like a secret. They lived in the moon. They lived shit. in the moon in secret. And Kirby didn't have the big, like, Kirby no. had a lot of imagination. Yeah. But he also didn't mind using the same idea 16 times. Sure, sure. So, yeah. He, okay. was, he was called the House of Idea. Okay, here's the deal with the Herculoids. Okay. Okay. These were created by Alex Toth. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Very good. Don Messick was one of the voices. Of course, he was. Of their, of their pet. Okay. So, on the planet Asmot, <laughs> okay. which was renamed Quasar of course in it was. the revival, ah. 
the space barbarian family Xandor, Tara, and their son Dorno. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> fight alongside their giant pets. Okay, they are pets. Yeah, domestic, so the voiced, pets. domestic voiced pets. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Herculoids. So you had the Zok, who was a laser dragon. Okay. Tundro, who was a space rhinoceros. We talked about this before, and we thought it was strange that Tundro borrowed his name from Tundra. Yeah. What's so, that got to do with anything? Yeah. Why not? Why, yeah, Tundro, why not Rhine, Rhinro or <laughs> something? Rhinoc. Yeah, why not Rhinoc? Yeah, sure. It's right there. He shoots rocks. He's Rhin, Rhinoc. Yeah. Yeah, that's dumb. That's a dumb fucking name. <laughs> and Laser Dragon is Zok. I don't... Zok. Well, Zok no, isn't right. It's a it's a onomatopoeia. Okay. The uh, rock ape... You know what Richard Nixon said, right? Zok it to me. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I am not a Zok. Um, <laughs> and uh, Igu, Igu, uh, the rock ape. Once again, Igloo. Kind of weird how these names keep it seems <laughs> trending like towards. If I was naming the rock ape, I'd call yeah. him something like Zok, because that sounds like rock. Yeah. That's some of his problems. And the space shifting uh, Gloop and his son Gleep. Okay. Wait a second. Gleep is the monkey from the, the Super Friends. You're not wrong. Um, Gloop I'm all on board with. Gloop <laughs> is the perfect name for a gloopy alien. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so, you know, maybe Glip. Go and clip. Here's what I want to know. Yeah. So this thing is, you know, this is even more loosey goosey than a schmoo. He looks like a <laughs> teardrop. Like he doesn't have oh, limbs, okay. right? Yeah, he's yeah. just, he's just like a bloop. Got and it's just like, on. what do you mean, son? Does he have a, does he have a penis? Like, how do you, what's it? You yeah. know, it's his child. I'll okay. give you that. Yeah. But like, what are we? How are we sexing these things? What are you? What are you talking <laughs> about? Clearly, the way that these things reproduce, the only yeah. way they could reproduce is if they uh, divide. Mm. You know, but no one's, uh, no one's, uh, it's not, not a son. That makes no sense. Anyway, <laughs> so they, their job is to keep their planet safe from invading robots, mad scientists, and mutants. I see. Uh, the this di- is a regular problem, is it? The diverse team, well, diverse, fought an endless, so woke, that show, <laughs> uh, fought an endless battle against a stream of villains, including, okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, the faceless people. Well, that's creepy. Yeah, that's Destroyer so ants. Okay, I'm 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 behind Destroyer Ants. Yeah, I like good. this too. I like both Raider these. Apes. These are good names. Yeah. Raider Apes. Yeah. Mutoids. I hope Alex Toth's made up these names. Hey, they seem they seem better than names of the characters. Arnoids. Arnoids. You ever had Arnoids? If you like sit too long or you strain too much <laughs> while you're pooping, I, I get it from watching Hey Arnold. Uh, Zorbots. Yeah. Uh, the Mechano Mechanical Men and the Augs, who are a strange form of vegetable life. I feel like it, we kind of tailed off at the end. Yeah, and the weird thing about the Augs, they are a strange form of vegetable life and yeah. very Christian. <laughs> well, really? Yeah, they they basically are the origins of Veggie Tales. Uh, they come out and just let me tell you about the Lord, let me tell you about the Lord. And these barbarians are like, we don't want this. <laughs> we have our own faith. We worship a volcano. Yeah. We're very happy with our faith. Oh, the Lord said unto you, yeah. take these fishes all around. But there weren't enough fish to go around. But then there were fishes that went around. And there was enough fishes to go around. <laughs> Where the fishes come from. Where the- we have a volcano we worship. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Yeah. No said get on that ark and no said that we, I'm gonna park for a couple of minutes. <laughs> it's the same, the rain. same song every time with fish yep. with these of these ox. There's no room at the end tonight. There's no room but to hold on tight. Got ourselves a manger for your baby. <laughs> same song. And Pontius Pilate washed his hands, washed his hands, washed his hands. He kept on washing his hands, O oh Lord. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then uh, Tara, the mom, goes, I kind of like this. I'd like to go to church. And uh, and Zandor is all like, no! <laughs> we wish you, could go to chur- you can go to church, but I'm going to keep sacrificing our other children into the volcano. I don't care. <laughs> and then their son goes, what? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. We 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 worship a God that has proven results. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've worshipped, we've sacrificed many kids, and the volcano's never erupted. Yeah, and what happens is then the volcano spits them back out, and they're like a rock ape, or they're a laser <laughs> dragon, a Herculoid machine. Yeah, and that's how it goes. <laughs> that's good. I like it. Good for Alex Toss. Did Alex Toss in, invent uh, Space Ghost as well, or was it just yes, the designer? Yes, he, he did the, well, I don't know if he invented it, but he definitely was the designer of Space Ghost, which okay. to me is as close to being the inventor of it as you can get. Okay. Oh, yeah, he invented uh, Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, Herculoids, okay. Space Ghost. I uh, was the main designer on Super Friends, one of the main designers on Scooby-Doo. Mm. Yeah. And also was a really good artist. Y- yeah, he was also one of the main designers on the Fantastic Four cartoon in the 60s okay, as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, very good artist. Yeah, and... It, and his simplified... Died at his drawing table. What did he say, sorry, what? Died at his drawing table. Did he really? Yeah. Because he drew, like, a lot... He drew for, like, cartoons magazine, mm. as well as drawing for, like, you know, he did, like, tons of romance comics in the 50s, worked... Did a little work for EC Comics. He wasn't, like, one of the main guys. He never, like, became... I think he was too irascible to work with someone like Harvey Kurtzman, who was very persnickety and how he want. You know, he would give you your pages already, like, already thumbnailed out. Oh. And you just followed his thumbnails. You know, and I think... Uh, that's t- not good for Toss found like that him. A, yeah, Toss found that a little too confining. He did do a great um, jet fighter story for um, EC, but the thing is, I have the black and white ones, the those um, collections, the the rich Co- the Russ Cochran ones. Okay, you know the big oversized books in the slipcases, and so there's no color, and so this this comic this story relies almost entirely on color because mm. basically just these tiny jets. Going across pages, it's like the, you're like, oh, this is the easiest thing I've ever seen drawn. But because the po- the point of it was to have like all this great color in it, which isn't in the isn't in the the versions that you see in the Russ Cochran. But anyway, I have a collection of his. In fact, a while ago, I think I think Ed Ed, you remind me if this is right, but I think Ed was one of the few people who like took me up on it. But I offered like a, a PDF of a uh, of a Alex Toth book to download that I somehow acquired. But I have a book, another book, which is like all his, uh, not all of them, but a bunch of his romance comics. And what's, his style is so great. His, his design of his pages is so interesting, always. And he loved blacks. So he's just like, all, you know, it's like a romance comic, but there's still like these giant silhouetted elements in the pages and stuff. So mm. really nice, really well done. And his lettering was also Yeah, Whenever I've great. seen his sketches, they're just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very appealing. Yeah. Did he do... No, that was a Wollywood thing. Who did the 21 panels that always worked out? That, that is Wollywood, yes. Wollywood, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For some reason, I always think like Toth with that because it's a very similar kind of jaggedy style to the... Sure, panels. sure. Yeah. yeah and I th- By the way, if you're an artist and have not seen the 21 panels that always work, you should check them out. They're good. <laughs> they always work. Yeah, especially for someone like Wollywood who needed to crank it out. Crank it out. Mm-hmm. His decision to leave Mad Magazine. Not the best. I leave this job where I get paid a lot of money per page, but he resented not keeping the art. Yeah, I could see that. But then he went to Marvel. He didn't get to keep the art there either, and he got paid less. He was getting instead of getting like I think it was getting close to like triple what he was making at Marvel at, at DC. What uh, what was the situation with? Eve? He was he's making he was making triple at DC what he was making at Marvel. That's what I mean to say. Wait, 
What are you saying? So he went from EC, yeah. where he was making triple. He was making and, like, say he was making like $225 a page there. Yeah. And then he went to Marvel where he was making $75 a page. Oh, that's no good. Uh, and still <laughs> no. couldn't keep the art. And he still couldn't keep the art. But. So in the oldie days, when yeah. someone was working on, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt or what have you, yeah. um, would they keep the art then? Yep. But sorry, would EC keep the art? Yes, or, oh, okay. EC kept the art, yeah. All right. Yeah. They didn't sell it. They just kept it. Like, um, What was the reason for that? I think William Gaines was just highly protective of the whatever it was like i don't think he thought of it in terms of money i just thought he terms thought of it in terms of of uh of you know having this archive of of paper you know the pages and stuff like that so that everything was kept and stored well and and i'm gonna yeah. throw a weird reason why it might okay this is a bad thing and i say this as the husband of an artist <laughs> and you should be able to keep your art yeah but what you, what you might Here's the only argument I can see yeah. for the uh, company keeping the art. Yeah. The artists will then not do showboaty pieces just to be able to sell them later. So you don't end up okay. like with giant splash pages or things that you know. <laughs> you know, if I if I make this yeah, yeah, just yeah. a page with Wolverine, yeah. I'll be able to sell this for some coin later. Yeah. And it affects the story. Sure, and sure. And so you're only keeping your mind on the story by mm. that because you're not mm. thinking of the secondary market for the thing you're producing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's possible, and also I think like you know as some which is know, bullshit, and no, of course not. And the artists should keep their art. Okay, go to ahead. be selfish, like the whole Russ Cochran library of EC Comics wouldn't be possible to be as great as it is if it didn't have access to all the original pages mm. to make into like these these fabulous books. So in that way, you know, you're kind of selfishly okay with it, but make a photocopy. But they didn't really have. I mean, I guess they had photostats then, but yeah. it wouldn't be the same because over time they'd they would deteriorate whereas the pages tended to last and they were stored very well okay so uh her, her that's why don don martin left mad magazine oh because he couldn't keep his art yeah it's dumb uh <laughs> you're gonna lose don martin change your policy uh, yeah. even though i uh he makes me nauseous um so <laughs> old, oldie days uh herge uh, he keeps the art or who keeps the yes art? he kept his but i mean he basically owned he owned the character he never he never signed away the character or anything, right? So okay, so he was uh, the pa- he, pay- Peo. Does he keep his art? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good question. Does it belong to Peo or does it belong to Dupuis? Yeah, right, at that time it would have been Dupuis. Yeah, these were done in magazines, like yeah, you know. So does the magazine? But I don't the- know if they had the same the same kind of culture because uh, they did, they definitely didn't have like 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 there was no like pack. Well, yeah. Like if you like Peo, I asked a good question. Is the the important thing here? <laughs> Peo, like it, Peo had his own studio, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had his own group of assistants and stuff like that that worked on the stories and created the cartoons and everything of like that as a as a unit. And I do feel like, yeah, that's a good question though. I'm not sure. Like I remember when we were talking in Belgium about the cartoon museum there mm-hmm. and the fact that it didn't have much in the way of original pages. The person I was talking to said there was no cooperation from the publishers. And so maybe you couldn't do an end run around the publishers and have the artists give you pages unless you had people buy pages that were available to buy and donate them to the library or, or at least have them you know, displayed in the, in the cartoon museum, which, which would be possible. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like, like when they do like a, when they do like a um, say IDW does a reprint of Dick Tracy, like there's all, all those pages are gone to the wind. Like all those Dick Tracy cartoons are gone to the wind, so they're either either yeah. finding high quality, photo, you know, like uh, newspaper prints that they can use to to 
make the pages, or they have uh, access to collectors who have these, you know, and they're and they can get yeah, like, they can get true. high quality images from those. So they'll often do like things where they'll have people scan pages and stuff like that, and 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 they'll use those. And I know like that that uh, Seth and uh, Joe Matt were a big part of like the Gasoline Alley reprints because they have so many original like original newspaper pages of, mm. of them that they're able to provide uh, tons of missing art for, for was those Matt, books. Was uh, Joe Matt a collector of those as well? Yes, yes. He was the one actually the first one and then he got Seth into it. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Which seems like the other way. It should be the other way around. should be. So let's make that. Uh, let's just <laughs> rewrite was, history. But it was Joe Matt who... Here's, here's something that I don't know the answer to and I was just thinking. Mm. I was like, I'm wondering if the New Yorker returns cartoons. Do you get your cartoons back from them? Well, we do digital. You do digital, okay? So it's yeah, it's the same thing when we worked with uh, when we had our regular feature in Mad. Yeah, was uh, we we did stuff digitally, so it was not never an issue. Never, yeah, yeah. Same with most Marvel and DC stuff that Pia does now, and I think like almost all the art for yeah, all the art definitely for Exorcisters Sisters was done digitally. Yeah. The art for Sparks, which we do, was, mm-hmm. was digital. Uh, but yeah, I just wonder if the New Yorker, if anyone does pen and ink, and if uh, those are returned. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know, and yeah. I'm trying to look it up, and I don't. Uh, I don't, I I don't see guess. any answers here. I have I no can't. answers at all. I do know they then take that and put it on beach towels and mugs and pillows and whatnot, and you can buy most of our cartoons uh, in pillow form if you want, mm-hmm. or take them out to the beach, as lie some, down as on one of our gags. I have a lot of collections of of classic New Yorker cartoonists, like from that time period, like mm-hmm. they were published in their day, you know. And they're not published via New Yorker, the New Yorker. They're published by whoever was publishing it, you know, Scribner's or Knopf or whatever. Knopf is probably too hoity-toity, but you know what I mean, like Random House or whoever was publishing these. So I assume that they belong to the cartoonist and that the New Yorker isn't having to grant. Hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what's the standard thing, like for Saturday Evening Post or any other magazines, what uh, what the situation is. But the New Yorker would be so, like, it's so... Let's let's have some Latin fall down on this here. Some it's so sui generis, like so. Oh, it's no need for that sort of language. <laughs> well, you know, it has big testicles. Is what I'm trying to say. No, it is. It's so individual. It's so itself. Unlike any other magazine, like it was a reflection of the original editor Harold Ross. Right. You know, and so whatever he thought was fair or what he wanted to do is how what, how that how the New Yorker ran itself, which might be unlike any other magazine that you would find. Right. In the market, because it wasn't like part of like a, a bigger imprint. You I'm know? trying to think of anything else uh, besides Playboy has. Oh, I wonder if Playboy returns art. Um, mm. I wonder if like uh, like Esquire still has cartoons and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I know Playboy still does. Has cartoons in it? Yeah, Playboy has cartoons. Good. Yeah, that was always been a big uh, yeah, yeah. big thing for them. But I wonder if like uh, Hugh Hefner would return like Jack Cole's art or Gain Wilson's mm. art. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Anyone yeah. else know? Let us know. I could look it up probably, but Dave would go, "What are you looking at?" And I'm like, oh. "Well, it'd be, it, you could look it up, but it'd be hard because you have to read through like a dense bunch of text to find." Yeah. A, it feels like you know if you looked it up like Wikipedia Playboy, is that really on their top of their list of things to I talk about? Playboy? Playboy for a while. Hold it. You, you can talk. The seventies. They're back to having nudity. Playboy. Yeah. Okay. They had it. They had. That no seems to be like their whole ra- their whole raison d'être. You know. Very strange <laughs> to be in an era where Playboy had no nudity. Well, that's something that... I still buy it, and it's weird. It'd be weird to be buying it at London yeah. Drugs. Yeah. And like, I'll have this copy of Playboy, please. Or buying it at the airport, which always, to me, seems like a strange thing to do. 
Yeah, you got your Hudson News, <laughs> and you're getting your you know box of Junior Mints, bottle yeah. of water, and a copy of you know Jugs or <laughs> whatever. It's just get out of here. What are you doing? What are we doing here? Playboy was a, a cut above that, but True. yeah, they uh, legitimately had good articles. They did have good articles. They yeah. had interesting things going on in there. Yeah. Also, they had boobs. Yep. You know, they they're not mutually exclusive. You got your mailer interview. You got your hi-fi setup uh, instructions, <laughs> and you got um, you know something. Uh, Something for dad and yeah. some of the moms. You got uh, a long, rambling Playboy philosophy article by Hugh Hefner and or a ghostwriter. But I was going to say something about that, and now I can't remember what I was going to say. That's all right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't. I don't were think... Were they the first ones to do centerfolds? Or were centerfolds part of magazines and then added ladies to them? Mm. So, like, would you have, like, a I don't think center. Piece? I don't think centerfolds were part of magazines. I think that was... And that might have been from them. Like their thing, and maybe it wasn't. Would it be like Architecture Weekly, and you'd unfold it, and it'd be like a tall building (laughs) before, and then they went, you know, it'd be good here instead of a building, yeah, Yeah. Marilyn Monroe, yeah, and be like, oh wait, I'm following you on this. Mm. Explain more about this Marilyn Monroe instead of a building. But I wonder if, and this is the thing, like we could, if one of us read the history of Playboy, we could answer these questions. But I wonder if the centerfold was at. an evolution of the of the pictorials. So when it originally started, they would just have like regular pages. Mm. And at some point they thought, you know what would be cool? If we had like a poster that you could take out with a lot of like, you know, stag jokes in the back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a picture of some, some uh, good looking lady. Something for the fellas to put up in the garage. Yeah, yeah. And so they probably didn't do that right away. That would have been something that would happen over time. Because, you know, when he first started, he didn't really have a lot of money. So he, he was, you know, having to like, go into debt printing this magazine so i doubt he's going to do fancy right you know big centerfolds and stuff like that which requires extra costs like if you look at like a 70s playboy not only is it like you know three centimeters thick but it's has like six different kinds of paper in it you know not it's so it has like the glossy pages for the photos and stuff like that but a lot of the articles are printed on like some kind of like stock almost like cardboard they have like die cut pages where they've cut out part of the page it was just an incredibly elaborate magazine. Like the art directors must have had a field day working on that magazine. Yeah. But now I'm sure it's gone back <laughs> back a bit. It's as thin as a it's as thin as the province when I get it to the, on a Monday. Well, we don't get the paper on the Monday anymore. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's um, no news today. Yeah, no no news. It's uh, it's good news. Yeah, uh, it's it's odd thinking of like Hugh Hefner at the beginning of like making Playboy magazine. And all these dreams and, you know, this is what I want. Yeah. And it's just like, where do you see this ending, Hugh? And I'm just like, I want to live like a crazy super villain. <laughs> I want to have like four girlfriends. Yeah. And I want them around and we're going to go out dancing every yeah. night. And then we're going to have, I'm going to take a magical pill that'll make my body do things that it's trying not to do anymore. And, <laughs> and we're all gonna have, I'm going to have sex with all of them. And then, I, yeah. and then, what, then what, James Bond's going to stop you? Because that's super villain shit, man. That's weird. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. It's just, yeah. Okay. Well, if James well, Bond shows up, he has to sign an NDA as well. Yep. Can't come on the property. And then goes and uh, hangs out with James Caan in the the grotto. In the grotto. Because <laughs> there's one thing that he don't need. It's neat to see James Caan all nude in the grotto. <laughs> Ugh. And his mama cry. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Uh you know, uh, you know, you know what they're remaking, Dave. Do you know no, what I don't. Remaking? I don't know they're remaking. They're remaking what uh, some people consider is, or not remaking. Sorry, 
They are continuing. Continuing, okay. Uh, what some people continue, the greatest sitcom of all time. The greatest sitcom, they're continuing. What do you think the greatest sitcom, considered the greatest sitcom of yeah. all time. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they're continuing? Okay. So this is what other people consider the greatest sitcom of all time. I don't know, maybe you do. It's, uh, it's, it's possible, okay. you might. Okay. Uh, it's not Seinfeld, it's not a modern one. It's not a modern one, it was an old one. It's a, It's an older one, yes. Okay. It's an older one, yes. I'll give you wait a second. Let me give me uh, one clue. Just give me one clue. That's, okay. Uh, I won't give it all away, but just kind of give me like give yeah, me into I'm the. I'm going to give you the year that it started. Oh, How's okay, that okay, Does okay. That work for you? Sure, sure. Let's try that. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Nineteen seventy-five. Greatest sitcom of all time. Uh, they consider some people consider the people who made it consider. <laughs> they will actively oh. tell you that it was. Uh, I will tell you how many episodes. Okay. 12. 12 episodes. Does that help you? That's a big clue. Faulty Towers? Yes. Okay. So they're remaking Faulty Towers. As in, no, like, they're continuing it. Continuing it. And uh, so John, will John it have Cle- any of the original people in John it? John Cleese. We'll Just John playing. Cleese. Well, I don't know who else is alive. It won't have, <laughs> won't have his wife in it. Con- I, da- I doubt it'll, it won't have Connie Booth, but it will. Oh, Connie <clears> Booth <throat> was Connie Booth was the, the uh, maid. Sybil was played by a different actress. Right, but Connie Booth uh, was the co-writer. She was the co-writer, that's true. Yeah. So we're missing half the writing staff. Um, but uh, he's going to be doing it with his daughter, Camilla Cleese. I see. Right. Who's made a bit of a living being estranged from her father. So oh, this, is that right? So this is interesting. Tell me more about this. Oh, just that, yes. Well, I mean, she is the, you know, he's had several marriages that have come and gone. Right. And so I think Camilla spent some time living, like, away, out of his life. Okay. And so a lot. she's talked about this for many times, like, gone, you know, kind of... It's a bit of you know, it's a it's a pretty good connection if you want to get into comedy mm-hmm. to have John Cleese as your dad. She's a stand-up comedian now. Yes, yeah, and so part of her act has been talking about her relationship with her estranged father. But I think they're closer now. Like they've got kind of they yeah, they're going to do a sitcom together. Yes, and that definitely makes she's them... co-writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're 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 redoing it. And it's going to be about a, a boutique hotel. I see that uh, they're they're running together. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, initially, it's weird because, you know, he has talked so much about this and gone, and uh, the smartest thing we did was we ended it yeah. at 12 episodes. Yeah. And that was, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. And we're bringing it back. And like, mm, okay. <laughs> so there's a bit of me that's like, John Cleese lately has been, you know, a bit of, you know, uh, we'll go online and uh, talk about the kids today or yeah, yeah. softy soft and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And everyone's too sensitive. They don't want to work anymore. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what his daughter's like. Yeah. Maybe that's interesting because we'll have like a counter between the two. Yeah. So here's one of uh, uh, his daughter's tweets. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's basically like her second most recent tweet. Okay. The only thing scarier than World War Three okay. is, is that the generation... Uh, who are of fighting age thinks uh, using the wrong pronouns are acts of violence are triggered by loud noises and words like guns and wouldn't want to shoot someone in case it hurts their feelings okay so that so that seems like a good way to avoid world war three yeah we want to avoid world war three right? yeah 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 so if you have people who aren't interested in fighting yeah then it seems like you're gonna yeah you like, don't want seems people like a big that are step all towards... down with shooting yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. it feels like daughter like, I was going, oh, the deal is 
father's a bit right wing. Yeah. Daughter's a bit left wing. Sure. That's an interesting dynamic for a show. Yeah. But father's a bit right wing. Yeah. Daughter's more right wing. (laughs) Okay. She's basically American. Is she? She grew up in America. Uh, Like her mom was American. Okay. So she is she is like So that's a, why she's pro guns. She's a California Because like Cleese for all of whatever Yeah. John Cleese yeah. isn't necessarily going, you know what's great? Guns. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm curious I'm you know, I I'd be curious to know with John Cleese like like how much when he writes with someone, how much of it is his work and how how much is just him having wanting someone to bounce ideas off of and not necessarily you know that they're not necessarily contributing like all the humor and stuff like that. That's more his thing. But I don't know. I don't know. He does seem to enjoy other people telling jokes, I, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 pro that. Yeah, that's positive. Yeah, he's written a lot of really good stuff. That's I'm pro that. Yeah, I'm um, I'm pro him in many 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 ways. Mm-hmm. But I think he's um I think he's back in the wrong horse right now, <laughs> which I understand how you would. Yeah, I mean he's he's old, so you know his point of view is old, so. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a rebel, right? And, like, the, the thing about being a rebel is mm. you don't like other rebels later. They don't. don't they think, don't. Like, yeah. most people don't. Like, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, like, there's, there's a fella who, uh, I, I'll just say his name. There's someone like, a, there's a Keith Johnstone, right, who's like, a, you know, is a guy who invented theater sports and whatnot. He was sure. a very rebellious person who, yeah. you know, uh, it used to be, like, in England, you had to run everything by the government before you could do a play. You'd have to sure. run go to the, the mayor. Whole, go, the go and go, like, Lord here's my mayor, script. Yeah. Can I do it? Yes, you can. And, like, rebel to that. Rebel, rebel, rebel. Yeah, yeah sure. But then as he became successful, mm-hmm. other people would present countering arguments to him, and he was very negative to that. Yeah. And the rebel doesn't like a rebel. <laughs> and I've seen that over and over again sure. where, you know, sure. You get the most radical hippie type who's like, oh, wow, this person's really, you know, down with the man. But then when they become the man, then the man's got a few good ideas that you should respect. Well, I don't even think that they're, I don't think it's about them becoming the man. I think that their personality type is that they are right and everyone else is wrong. And so that comes out as anti-authoritarian. Yeah, and somehow they think the authority is the young people. (laughs) And it's like, they're not... They're the anti-authority. No, they're yeah. the authority because yeah. they're telling me that I can't say anything. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have any power. Yeah. So that makes them not the authority. You're the authority. No, 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 no. It's them and I'm the rebel. No, it's you don't see the positions. That's not how it really is. But okay, fair enough. Well, if there's one of you and there's 15 of them, then they're the authority, I guess. But, but if you're the one... Okay, so there's just Elon Musk yeah. and then there's 15... You know, poor people who have an opinion on how things should run. <laughs> yeah. Then the billionaire wins. Yeah. You know, it's like it, you can be just one person, but you still have more power than the other people who are like, you know, a little smaller, just starting up. And especially like college kids. Yeah. Who have no power really at all, you know, except what you give them. Sure. Well, frankly. Well, yeah, that's that's the that's the uh, that's the essence of Twitter right there. How much power you give other people. Mm hmm. But you can't say nothing. Where? Yeah, that's right. Well, in this one room. Okay, but can you go outside of that room and say sure. the thing? Yeah. Could yeah. you buy the room next to it and then say anything you want in it? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. could many times over. Yeah. Well, then, th- then we don't have an issue here. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, there's a, like, I, I'm, in my Instagram feed, I have several different, like, language instruction Instagram channels that, like, are things I like to follow. Sure. And uh, the ones that have women talking in them, 
like all the comments are just not all of them but there's always these gross comments in there you know like it's there's nothing that you can't that you do that it's not going to attract people who just want to say gross things to you you know whether you're john cleese or some girls doing uh spanish tutorials or french tutorials or whatever so i just yeah it's just uh that's just the nature of that enterprise there's and this is shooting myself in the foot right now please you know i'm not going to say what my connection is to it but uh okay so like the number uh five book on amazon right now is one about uh it's love advice and it's love and i'll Sorry, say I'll you say love advice love advice okay. advice on love and uh it's i forget the name of the person and probably it's best that i forget the name of the person yeah um uh, but it's a person who was on they were on um uh, the Colbert show last week and uh, they're they have a very popular podcast about love okay and their whole thing is they used to be a monk they were a monk for three years they came out of that yeah and then you wow, know, what, a, all, what dedication they would have a lot of uh you know advice on you know what makes a relationship work and whatever yeah. and maybe think wait like, oh, a wait. monk has advice well this is the thing <laughs> but this isn't the first time yeah because men are from mars women are from venus yes was written by john gray okay uh not the billy bishop goes to war john gray but another john gray who yeah. was a monk as well huh. to to the point where i'm like huh so that's two monks yeah that have had a lot of success yeah. Coming out of monasteries sure. and going, let me tell you how it works. <laughs> and people going, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And then incredible book sales. Yeah. And it made me think, like, could this be, and maybe I'm being cynical here, uh, that if you have people who, and it's a bad word, obviously, but like who are incels, who are not having sex, yeah. who are not, you know, there, maybe someone who is celibate yeah. going, let me tell you how things work. <laughs> well, I don't think they're celibate now. Like he's left, he's left the monastery, right? Sure, but that doesn't. He's but, given up orders. Okay, but once you leave a monastery and you and you've been celibate for three years, uh, it doesn't immediately mean here comes some sex. Well, no, but you, it's available. Like you could do right. it if you. If, but you if know it what it's like itself. to not have sex and I just do? hang around with. Yeah, I was a teenager. Yeah, you don't know what it's like to not have sex for like three years and just hang around sure. with dudes. Yeah. And Teenager. Just, and, and be in like a, a three-year-long sausage party. Yeah. <laughs> Teenager. So, so relating your yeah. point of view to other fellas okay. who who may, perhaps are having uh, problems and not and, – and being all around other guys and would – you know, uh, maybe you've got a perspective that they're like, oh, I get – this guy gets it. Mm. This guy gets it because he's – not been getting it and so okay i was just yeah i was just wondering if there's something about that that appeals to that level of fella who's like oh yeah 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 this person understands what it's like to be celibate and all this and so he's well, got advice i guess but i don't think john gray was really selling to the fellas was he feels like he was selling to women with his whole women men are for mars women for fear like it feels to me like that Doesn't was it feel like the women in uh, who would be buying that book would already know this stuff and so it's really them taking the book and going hey to their I, fellas no, i don't think so you should read this maybe so you understand no i no guys you think can, that you think guys want to read for those women really yeah guys want to read that nonsense well, they don't want to they don't care about but it. they're but they're told to and, the, and so they do <laughs> well, i guess but i guess if women are from venus i guess they've Whatever. It feels like the the point of that, that like the, a is book, that the bossy planet. It feels like the point of that book would be, yeah. and again, I have not read that book. I have not either. But I think and, if you read the title, but you, you know get the it. you know what it is. Yeah. Um, that the point of that book is, hey man, I, it's not your fault. 
Mm-hmm. We're just so different. Yeah. Uh, women are built to like this. Yeah. Men are built to like this. W- women w- eat quiche. That's right. And men don't. Yeah, yeah. It's like this. It's not you. Yeah. It's not you in a way that should change. Sure. Men and, like, can fix a tire. And have empathy and figure shit out. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're just, we're just two different animals, bro. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So it feels like it's very pro-dude. Those books, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And, and... Well, that, I, it doesn't go both ways. Like, both both are separate. Both have individual... I, I honestly feel if... The, I, I don't think you write a book saying, hey, ladies, you're part of the problem. I just don't think men are interested in buying books like that. It doesn't matter. Maybe that's just my point no, of no, view. No, no, so. no, no, you, no. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not men buying the books. Yeah. The women buy the books for the men. What a waste of money. No. No doesn't man's matter. Gonna, no man's going to read it. Who cares? That's not the point. <laughs> it's the pocket fisherman. Yeah. You don't buy it for anyone to use it. Yeah. You buy it because you have to give a gift. Mm. If you if you were a, wo- a woman back then and you wanted to like help your relationship out, at least you're buying a book yeah. and you're trying your best. And now you're going to get a divorce. Fair enough. <laughs> but you tried and yeah. you gave and you put the book on the nightstand. Yeah. You did all you could. Sure. He's not going to watch Oprah. You got to give him yeah. the book. And uh, we'll see if he, he, he reads it. He didn't read it. Oh, there you go. He didn't read it. But if you go to the seminars, yeah. of course it's going to be fine because he cared enough to go to the seminars. So by caring enough to go to the seminars, he cares enough anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Just the act of going to the seminar is enough. Whatever they're telling you at the <laughs> seminar doesn't mean fucking shit. It's just that you went there. That's the thing. Like, if you you went to marriage counseling. Yeah. You tried. That's the point. Whatever they tell you there doesn't matter. You know, it's it's just. I mean, the thing. at this point, it's purely anecdotal because I don't remember. You know, I'm just going by my memory. But yeah, it seems to me that you know the audience was mostly women. That yeah, it was on Oprah. Yeah, talking about it, it wasn't on like William with, with well, William the, F. Buckley on Firing Line. Right, or, but that's not how Oprah works. Oprah doesn't work with like you know, hey, guess where who we're gonna have on the show? Oh, well, I'll get tickets to that. Yeah, Oprah works like, did you want tickets to Oprah? Yeah, all right, well, we'll get you tickets to Oprah. They don't know who's gonna be on Oprah. No, no, I know that. And then all of a sudden, it's a bunch of Nazis who are on there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be on the Nazi show. I think I think of Donahue, but yeah, okay, or Geraldo. No, Oprah had Nazis once upon a time. She didn't change things later on. Okay, but like they don't know who's gonna be a guest yeah, yeah, on yeah. that show. No, no, that's- you're yeah, right, no. but the but I think the point of those books is you buy them for other people. You, I mean, I think the women who watch Oprah think that they're enlightened enough that they don't need that book, but their husband sure needs that book, so they're going to buy that book for their husband, and that will show that they're trying to do the thing. Huh. And I'm going to, I, I don't know who's buying the books with this other monk, yeah, or not. You know, it's a lot of uh, manifesting your uh, love, sure, and it's a lot of. You know, have everything you want and and happiness and uh, everything and uh, yeah, easy promises. Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus, if you're gonna lie, everything you want. If you're gonna like, yeah, yeah, if you're gonna lie, you're gonna lie, lie big. If you're gonna promise something, promise the world. Yeah, yeah. Promise ten cars, not just one car. (laughs) This will solve all your life's problems. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess we live in a world where there's a lot of disconnect between people. So I guess something that promises some easy way to. To connect and and meet people, I guess that's uh, attractive. Yeah, and I'm sure the whole point of the book is, you know, uh, what they what they always are, which is, what do you want? Okay, you got to define what you want. Mm. Okay, what are you willing to uh, to do to get that? Mm. And what aren't you willing to do to get that? Yeah. Okay, that's good. And now you're having a problem with your relationship, eh? Uh, well, how are they feeling? Okay, but are they really feeling that way, or are they just saying that? Okay, how are, are you listening to each other? Well, you got to listen to each other. Okay, well, what are they wanting? Well, do you want that? 
Well, do you not want that? Well, do you both want that? Well, then you're fine. Well, you don't both don't want that. Well, then that's then it's not working out. The end. That's it. Those are those are those books. There's nothing else they could be. <laughs> There's nothing else they could be. There's nothing else in there that could that could be. Do you mean like having like some sort of uh secret recipe to pass on to you to make you yeah there's a there's an angle there's a trick there's something you're yeah, not yeah. you're not hearing and it's basically like you've got to have a relationship where you listen to each other but actually really do listen to each other and don't then like when they tell you the thing that they want not have you go what <laughs> you know, how dare you i'm gonna score points by keeping this information and yeah and yeah going back at you it's like oh. no can you tell the other person how you feel are you both wanting the same things? If you're not, then you're fucked. If you do, then you're fine. Uh, and also, what do you want generally yourself? Yeah. Okay. Are you going towards that? No. Well, you're going to be sad. <laughs> and, you know. I watched um, I watched Sleepwalk With Me. And uh, it's it's very odd. Do you, have you seen Sleepwalk With Me, the Mike Birbiglia movie? No. Okay. So it's about him. The climax of it is he a uh, true story where he... Uh, was getting more and more stressed and he was sleepwalking yeah. and then uh, was ignoring the problem that he had and yeah. then he jumped out of a second story window. Thinking he was a missile or being chased by a missile. Chased, chased by a missile, yeah. right. And, uh, you know, his wife, uh, not wife, but his girlfriend wanted to get married. He didn't want to get married. Mm. He kept getting more and more stressed. And one of the kind of the punchline of it all, uh, I'm saying punchline, but you, you know what I'm talking about, uh, is, um, you know, he, he, he later, it's weird because like in the movie he says, and I, I talked to her later and asked, you know, why'd you put up with all this through this whole thing? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and we don't see that scene, which is weird. And it's like, you need that scene. Mm. Don't tell me about a scene. Yeah, yeah. Show me the scene. Uh, sure. and, and it was, and she said, well, I'm from Venus. And, uh, and, and, and let me, let me, let me get this, uh, let me get this right. Uh, was, uh, she didn't want to, uh, she didn't tell him how she felt because she didn't want to hurt him. Mm. And uh, he goes, isn't that something? We almost spent, you know, our lives with each other just to not make each other mad. <laughs> which is, which sounds good. No, it sounds right. It sounds sound like, oh, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, what what he just said with that makes no sense. Yeah. That, what, that sentence makes no sense. Yeah. Because in the in the movie, he proposes to her when she comes home and she's crying and she's going, "We're never going to get married." You know, what am I doing here? And she starts packing. It's like, "No, no, we're okay. We should get married." And it's like, "Okay." So it's like there's a difference between not wanting to hurt the other person, yeah. and not wanting the other person to be mad. One is, uh, one is actually there's some degree of empathy uh for for the other person and not wanting that to cause them pain yeah and the other one is not wanting conflict yeah yeah so i'm never going to have a fight with you because i don't want that energy and that anger you know in the room and those two things are radically fucking different things Mm -hmm. they can cross over but they're very very different and so the message of the movie to me was flawed at the end okay it was like no wait a second it's just like so should you have had like an argument like a, a good argument to blow things out and find out what the truth was or was the problem that you know you were trying to uh, care about each other's feelings and give them what they wanted and in doing so were doing quite the opposite and denying each other what you needed yeah. because you wanted to give them what they wanted. Yeah. 
you know. Well, I guess which, denying. Which, were, which are interesting ideas, but they're two yeah. very different ideas. And so the very end of the movie to me was like, well, that makes no sense. <laughs> Those two things are wrong. That's incorrect, you know. And and there, there was a lot of things they didn't button at the end as well, which was like uh, upsetting. Mm. And then he goes on, you know, uh, many shows later to do the new one. And in that show, he meets his girlfriend, a girlfriend, who uh, doesn't want to get married. But then she wants to get married. Yeah. He doesn't want to get married. Yeah. But then he does get married. Yeah. And then it's good. Okay. And it's like, wait a second. You yeah. just repeated the same <laughs> thing you did over here. And then yeah, she's yeah. like, I want to have a, a baby. I don't want to have a baby. Yeah. Uh, like, and then they do have a baby and that's good. And it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Like exactly what you said over here. What's changed between this and this? Yeah. Uh, because this lesson is now the opposite of what you're learning over here. And I can see how someone would repeat the same behavior. But... Oof. And I guess, and I know that's life, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was odd. It's after seeing the new one, it was very weird seeing this film uh, again, a film that I liked quite a bit the first time I saw it. Sleep, sleep walk with me. Yeah. But watching it again, you were, you saw the, the I saw flaw. a lot of flaws. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also a flaw in that the dad is constantly saying he's got to get his act together. You got to, you got to pick a lane. You got to choose things. You got to settle down. You got to do this. Yeah. And, uh, and his mom is played by Carol Kane. And uh, she's just trying to be friendly to the whole thing. And you needed a scene in there where at, by the end, the, the mom tells the dad to shut up hmm. and let him live his life. Yeah. You needed the mom to, to stand up to the dad at one point and she never does. And there's a button there that is never, you know, buttoned. And it's a, uh, to me, that was like, oh, it's just left hanging there. <laughs> you know, you know, there's, there's lessons learned, but we don't see it reflected back yeah. over here. And everyone's too broad uh, a character I see. that just services uh, the narrative and is not their own person with an extra level of who they are. Yeah. Everyone needs like two levels, I feel like, in a movie, uh, un- unless they're really a shallow character. And yeah, there's too many shallow characters in it. Hmm. Yep. I've never seen it. Oh, I think you would. Uh, but now that I you did you would... recommend it, but now that now you're taking back that recommendation. I'm, I'm not taking back the recommendation. I just got to watch I, it now. I think that it has Speaking of someone from flaws Mars. that I did not see before. And yeah. I think it also has a very different context when you've now seen where uh, things are. It's like watching John Mulaney's uh, stand up and he's talking about, you know, his wife yeah. and just going, hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, all these things. How'd that you're going work like, out for you? What's that? How'd that work out for you? Yeah. You married your mom. Yeah. I mean, when I used to watch like his stand-up when he was talking about his wife, I'm like, this all sounds bad. Feels like you should get out of this. That doesn't sound healthy at all. It's like, she's mean to me, and that's okay. It's like, is it though? Is it? And I'm mean to her. No, I don't think that's good either. It's like, yeah, she wants this, and I want that, and it's very different. Mm, well, you got it. Yeah. That's going to explode at some point. <laughs> all right. And what I'm not seeing is all the cocaine. Uh, okay. <laughs> But we'll throw that into the mix and see see how that yeah falls out. Not well. Uh, I'm just wondering with big. I mean, do you think the movie is making? Is do you think the movie at the end is making like a pot? It's like a positive idea that they both like didn't want to hurt each other, and that's why they ended up in this this problem. Or maybe the movie is more of a warning that you shouldn't be doing this. That you should yeah you follow your you own inclination. Just, sometimes you shouldn't just stay together to not have. Well, one because yeah. there's two messages. Yeah. One, you shouldn't stay together just to not have conflict. Yeah. yeah. And two, you shouldn't stay together just because you don't want to hurt the other person. Yeah. Because yeah. you will end up hurting the other person more than mm-hmm. you would 
by giving t- letting them know what your needs are. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, both both are messages, but they're both kind of conflicting messages. They don't have to be, but they they're different. And I wonder uh, if with the other film, if you know where we're looking, or the other act where we're looking at the new one, the new one where he's you know saying I didn't want to get married, but then I'm married and I really like it. We're in that situation because we're not getting the whole story. Nope. If no, there's more communication there between them. It's more open. You're a different person. You've it, lived your life. Yeah. And so you're more, it's more back and forth between them. And he's like, I don't want to get married. She's like, well, I think we should. And this is why, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I, I love you. I don't want to lose you. So I will make this step that I'm unwilling to make, but I will do it because I love you. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think and those also, are different sort of choices. It also I feeds think. into uh, a, a comedy stereotype is, you know, I'm not going to the party. I'm not going to the party. I'm not going to the party. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're at the party because what's he going to do his wife wanted to go to the party that's right now we're at the party um but i think what what comes across in a new one is but i love her so much i would rather live my life uh married yeah. than live my life without her yeah. because her absence in my life would be too much yeah and so the same thing with having a child would be like mm. a life without her it's not yeah, you know, it's worth taking the risk. Sure, it's worth uh, going through this. Though on his own, he would not want to have a a child. Yeah, so he does want. So he does have a child. And then, of course, you know, the thing is, you know, he falls in love with the child. Like, yeah, so yeah. much. But yeah. on the way to that, it's very dark in that he uh, they bond in a way that eliminates him, and he is now not as much a part of his family okay. as he was. Mm. The new one has has come along. She loves the child at a different level than she loves him. Yeah. The baby loves the mom at a level that she does not love the father. Mm. And so, as as he says, it's like it's uh, two people that have the deepest love for each other, and I'm there also. <laughs> I mean, this will change, of course, because and yes. has. Yeah, and has it will change. Yeah, because but he's but he's he's talking about yeah, what it yeah. was like in the moment to be of course pushed out of. You know yeah. your relationship, sure, sure, by someone there else are, who there are big you changes. can't possibly say yeah. or complain about, and yeah. it's wrong. It's a, a totally wrong to, and then he, he and of says, course it's from his point of view. Let's just all admit that it's yeah. awfully hard on women to having babies. That's a big change in their life too, not just physically, mm-hmm. but you know now they are they have uh, you know made the decision to have a really really uh, difficult pet for the next twenty years. You know that's going to require a lot of work you know and so i think the thing is that there was something biologically about you know mothers and child and children that you can't you can't come to that level of like there's something that's so deeply there where you two are so bonded Mm. together and i think there there was a poem that uh, she wrote about it which was you know uh a baby's head lies on mother's stomach his his wife wrote a poem yeah wrote she's a poet Uh, baby's head lies on she knew it What's that? Nothing. <laughs> baby's head lies on mother's stomach. Everything else is outer space. Hmm. And so that's that's the baby's whole world is baby and well, mother. Yeah, for the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And for the mother well, to a degree. To a degree. But the mother is also like, you know, their life has changed and, you know, and there is going to be some some pushback by the mother to how her life's changed with the sure. baby, you know. It's not all it's not all roses. Mm-hmm. There's some thorns. And again, this is just one person's. Yep. You that know, too, that situation, yeah, yeah. And there's an aspect to it as well, uh, you know, where, you know, the, he is touring 
a lot. So he's working. Yeah. And so leaving for weeks at a mm-hmm. time and then coming back yeah. and to a child, that's eternity. Yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, the stranger's back. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I sort of remember him. Yeah. He this that smell makes sense. But oh, it's loud in here now. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Uh yeah. And so yeah, it was it was interesting. And then he's got like the one line that's in there that's like the line that makes people gasp, which is, you know, and then I and then I have a, a I can't believe my own thought. Uh, I get why dads leave. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, his experience is going to be different than a lot of dads, obviously, because he's not—he's not getting that connection because he's not there enough to to have that. But there, there's been a lot of like people. You know, he said like that is the line that people talk to him about. Mm. One is in like that's such a horrific line to hear sure. that's chilling because their father had left them. Okay. Or, you know, because it's just so, so chilling a thought. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people that come up and go, and, and both, you know, uh, mothers sure. and fathers yeah. who are going like, I'm glad you said that out loud. Yeah, it's something yeah. you can't say. For sure. And so hearing it said out loud in a room meant yeah. a lot. Yeah. And like, you can think the unthinkable and you're going to, uh, but yeah, that doesn't, necess- that doesn't mean you're going to do it, but mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. yeah. I watched a, watched a, Talk about movies. Speaking about movies, I watched. Speaking a, of movies, I watched a movie the other day that I have described to people saying it has the biggest gimme I've ever seen in a movie. I think the biggest. You got to go Superman. You got to go along with this. Yeah, you he's from go another planet, and that gives him powers. Whatever. <laughs> no, that's reasonable. This movie is "Marry Me," about a mm. schlub who's in the audience gets called on stage by a beautiful pop star, and 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 they marry. And I'll put that in quotes because it's you know not regarded by either of them as a serious you know relationship as more okay. of a more of a thing that happens on stage and can be like walked back from afterwards and the fact that they don't it's just all publicity related and has nothing to do with their personal feelings okay and this is jennifer lopez jennifer, and Wilson. jennifer, jennifer lopez playing jennifer lopez okay it's funny because mary was there and she's like she's like who's supposed to be like a beyonce or like a jennifer lopez i said yeah it's jennifer lopez i think she's playing <laughs> a jennifer lopez character but um yeah um, Jennifer Lopez is playing Beyonce. Beyonce is playing Jennifer Lopez. It's, a, it's an odd call, but if you're willing to go along with that, give me. If you're willing to give the movie that that little, you know, very far fetched thing, it's actually quite enjoyable. I have to say that I feel like Owen Owen Wilson is maybe too old for that role now. Like he's just a little bit too long in the tooth. Like okay. you know what I mean? Like his hair no longer has like that kind of rambunctious boyishness he to it. He's our age. It's carefully. It's carefully crafted rambunctiousness now. Within two years from our age. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Jennifer Lopez isn't that that much farther from our age. So either. in this in this story, he's a guy who's never gotten married. He's he's been married and divorced. Yeah. He has a daughter. Okay. And uh, he's a math te- he's a math teacher or sure, math teacher. Sense, if you prefer. Yeah, yeah. It's either uh, that or chef. His buddy at <laughs> chef, yeah. His buddy at school is um is played by Sarah Silverman. Okay. She's like a school counselor. Has she got a full character, or is she rock band, or, or rock, uh, she's got a rock class? You know, she's got a full enough character. If you're going to be School the school of rock, she's a friend of the the, the protagonist in a rom com. She's not rom- just rom-com. going. Yeah, she's no, no, she's okay, uh, good, she's good, a good. she's more of a fun friend. Okay, good. Uh, who's broken up with her girlfriend, and so she has these spare tickets. That's why he ends up going to this concert. And for whatever reason, I can't quite see what happened. He ends up uh, holding this "Marry Me" sign that Jennifer Lopez character sees from the stage. And then brings him up on stage because her her intended her intended marriage yeah. uh, falls apart when it's when TMZ or a TMZ style website releases okay. footage of him cheating on her with her assistant, her boyfriend, an ATM. 
uh, <laughs> an ATM. Yes, yes, he's been marrying an ATM, uh, and he has no money. So yeah, she's not that. Yeah, no. that's the thing. He's out of money. He's out of money. <laughs> it's the end of the relationship. So no, and so she, you know, and and she has this heartfelt speech on stage, and she calls it Bowen Wilson's character, and they get married, and then you know it's a rom com. So then you know they fall in love, blah blah blah, all those things. And then something happens as a conflict, and they break up. There is a th- they get back together. There's a third act dip, of course, where yeah. the one character's like, "I don't, f- I don't belong in your world, and you don't belong in mine." And you know, you don't belong in the world of math. You don't belong <laughs> in the world of math. It doesn't add up, baby. Yeah, yeah. We're going through a long division. Yeah, this. And I'll tell you. Yeah, we can't make. We can't turn a positive into a negative. That's right. Yeah, these squares aren't rooting for us <laughs> no more. <laughs> So, yes, and he his he uh pie he has a mathlon cl- club at his school, right? So, they're getting ready for the their final Yeah, the big math tournament. Big math tournament tournaments coming up. Sure, sure, sure. Remember the big math tournaments in school? Oh boy, I remember those. Yeah. No, no I don't Not at all. Either, no, but, but they sure happen in uh movies, movies a lot. Yeah, and maybe they're more common now than they were when, when we were in school, mm. you know. There's more stuff for kids who aren't just jocks to do things in school, right? Like we did reach for the top kind of stuff. We did. But uh, they hooked uh, four doorbells onto a board <laughs> in a way that I, I did not understand. <laughs> what, how they did it or what? Yeah, I didn't to do? understand how they did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's electric electricity, it flows in a loop. But anyway. <laughs> That's why I wasn't good at electricity. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't I need was to good at other We don't need to know. We just had to push it. We don't have to know how it works. <laughs> That is a good uh, rule of thumb for many <laughs> So uh, I just need to know what button to push. I don't need to know uh, how it works. But it was funny. Like when, when I started watching it, uh, Mary was just like, well, I'm going to bed. Because she had stayed overnight because she had to go uh, somewhere. She had to drive. Instead of driving from Chilliwack out to Delta, she had to, stayed at our place and in the morning drove out to Delta. She was going to a tour of Burns Bog, actually. Oh. Mm, yeah. Just so people know that was a place in Delta near where we lived. But anyway. Is it uh, flooded now? Almost always, because they took all the peat out of it, so it doesn't have any absorption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was uh, seeing, uh, I'm trying to remember what friend of ours uh, put a picture up, and it was her husband uh, going through Bird's Bog in like a little uh, canoe. Mm. And it was like, oh. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It wasn't canoe town when I No, not when we were kids, but uh, yeah. Nothing makes, by the way, nothing makes you seem older than like, well, this wasn't a river when I was a kid. (laughs) And also... Hey, well, this was a river when I was a kid. Either way, describing yeah. large bodies of water that aren't there anymore or are there now makes you seem old. There was a ditch beside, like there was a deep ditch beside the uh, railroad tracks, and I assume that was there to help prevent them from flooding. So there right. was there. It's a bog, so it's a damp yeah. place. It's just that because of things there. Mary said that the peat play, the peat plant affected about seventy percent of the bog. Okay, because they removed so much of the peat that it just it was one that's what's once absorbed all the water, moisture, and stuff like that, and now it doesn't. So it's it's a different um, it's a different uh, environment than it was before. Huh. And yeah, I remember walking. My friends and I walked, and my brothers and I, we walked across the bog. Go for a nice bog walk. We went for a, a long bog. Hey guys, walk. we're going for a bog walk. It was a bog re- walk. A regrettably long walk. Like we went all the way to the landfill. And then up the landfill to River Road, and then walk back down that way. And that was it was a long walk. I, I like the idea of like because uh, you know, you know we're, a walk. we're going for a bog walk, and yeah. then like you know, like, and you get to the landfill and go like, well, we got to the landfill. Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Now we have. To All go right, back. guys. Nice deep breath. Yeah, at the landfill. Oh, okay, let's go back. But it's that usual thing about a walk where you walk as far as you can until you're tired. Yeah. And then you have to walk back again. So yeah. you're like, oh, now I've done it. Shit. So anyway, um, so 
so Mary was over and we were talking and then I put, put this movie on and she's like, well, dad, I guess I'll leave you to your dumb movies. Cause she doesn't like rom-coms. Like she, her objection of course is reasonable, which is that they're all the same, which is true. They're very, right. they have tropes that they follow and we, you know, but if you like them, you like, that's what you want about, about them. Like, I don't want to watch a rom-com where they don't get together at the end. Well, that didn't work out. Goodbye. <laughs> like, that's not what we're there in. We're in this for the, the love. We're in it for the happy endings. That's yeah. what we want. And uh, yeah, but to her, Mary, it's just, she hates movies like rom-coms where it's very predictable. And she really doesn't like movies that have no like driving plot to them where it feels like it's just kind of like things happening and then a movie stops. <laughs> okay. Which I love movies like that. Like to me, those are great movies like Days Confused you, you, yeah. or... or um, Most British movies. Most British films have that little bit. Yeah. The, yeah you want yeah. like a Gregory's Girl or something. You want some of the. Yeah. You want uh, this wandering around. But then that's, that's a rom- rom-com. So yeah. then she'd fall apart on that, that rock. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like she's, she didn't like Licorice Pizza, for instance, because she just feels like there's nothing happening. The characters are just doing, you know, and I'm like, yeah, because they're living. That's what life is. Like, this is their life for this amount of time that you watch the movie. Yeah. You're seeing their life. And they I can I can go with like the argument then. Well, I can get life for free outside. <laughs> but not we got life at home. But that's <laughs> yeah, but that's that you know, like reading a book or watching a movie like that is about living other people's lives mm. and the empathy that comes from experiencing other people's experiences. You know, like okay. it's not just your that's egomaniac fair, life, right? Point, yeah. All right. I mean, that's part of the magic of reading novels is you immerse yourself in someone else's feelings, you know, and then you come through that on the other side with an understanding of other people's experiences. And I feel that way about those sort of movies as well. That These are, you know, what's it like to be uh, two people growing up in Southern California in the early 70s, you know, that have these experiences? And, you know, what's it like to be a, a, a really good baseball player who leaves is a superstar at home and now comes to college. And now he's just one of many really superstar players. And how's that experience? You know, what's that like in your life changing, going from high school to college? What's that like? That's, you don't need more than that in the plot to me, like than that experience, you know, like this is this going to end, you know, what's, how does the you know movie you, end? It ends in the first year of school. Like, you would like is uh 1990s independent comic books. <laughs> That's, I love those books. Yeah. I was just saying that to, to You'd like a magazine called American Splendor done by Harvey Picard. Oh, it's so funny. Just him. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to oh, some people Love and Rockets. And... All, all those books are like that. Yeah. Love and Rockets is a series of, of non-events. Most of the time, characters... And miss... Mary likes Love and Rockets. She does like Love and Rockets, yeah. Okay. And not so much the Gilbert stuff. She loves the Jamie stuff. Or Jaime stuff, if you want. Very um, different art style. Very different art style, but also different storytelling yeah. as well. Less boobs in, in uh, Jaime. Um, but, um, yeah. Like, I was just actually just saying that to Lisa. She was asking me about, like, about graphic novels. Like, what, it, what I thought was the best graphic novel. And I said, I'm going to tell you a secret. Don't tell us anyone else. And I'll never say this in the podcast. But I'm not the biggest graphic novel fan in the world. Yeah. Like, I love comic books. To me, that's like the ultimate way to read, like to get hate, you know, by hate when that came out in that four months, a year time, you know, whatever yeah. it showed up or whenever they showed up. It was awesome to get eight ball, hate, 30 plot, yummy fur or whatever came out after yeah, that. Yeah, Blukeville. Yeah, I love those comics because it's just like the perfect digestible amount of information for those kind of stories, yeah. you know? But once you put it into like a long book, it gets up to be a slog. Like you're just like, oh, how long is he going to mope around in, this, in Toronto? Ugh. You because know, I think realistically we make the same pro- mistakes over and over again. Yeah. As I'm saying with these watching two things about two one-man shows <laughs> in a row. And like, he's doing the same thing. Yeah. That's what people do. That's life. Yeah. Wait a second. So he's got a drinking problem in this? 
and a drinking problem later? Oh, I don't get that. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's how people are. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah. They don't start a whole He's new He's still in a life. wheelchair? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's I, I, I can understand, like, knowing Mary's personality, I can understand why she doesn't really enjoy those movies and why Eve loves them because Eve is such a people person and such a pe- person pe- a person reader, which I'm not as, I'm yeah. not on that level. Like, Eve can, like, magically see you. But, uh, and Mary and I are more like, what? What did they say? I didn't understand what they said, but that clear statement, what they meant, I don't understand. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, but you understand the plot, whereas I'm like... Uh... If you ask me to explain the plot of a movie afterwards, I don't know. What was that character like? Oh, well, they clearly had childhood issues because they did this. And I can see this, and emotionally they felt this way. Yeah. And that shit I can get, but just like, you know, I'll go like, wait, how did she get the envelope? I don't know. Yeah, he gave her the envelope. Did she? Did he? Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. she was uh, this. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, that's sure. who the murderer is. Hmm. <laughs> don't care I, I did make mary watch poker face when she came over so. and how'd that go over oh i loved it loved it yeah i think she watched two two episodes three episodes Can't remember. that that uh show so, there's a new one today uh that show yeah. so casually does things right mm. that it just makes it look uh annoyingly easy and it's funny like i was saying to mary i was saying like it goes like there's one episode i'm not super fond of i thought it was fine but it's not my favorite but okay. it feels like Besides that episode, every episode has been better than the last. Like, I loved last week so much. Like, I loved the week before, mm-hmm. the heavy metal one. Right. I just thought that was great. Great in every way. And then... Rest in metal, yeah. Rest in metal, yeah, yeah. I started talking... This is not a spoiler to anything, but when she's talking about the Merch Girl song, it's like, slanderous. <laughs> it's killed me. But anyway, um, and then this, the last week's and one, oh, so good, like so good in every way. The fight, yeah. there, there's a great fight in the Do movie. You know what's and... nice too? Like every time you see actors that you know, yeah, and you're happy because they're going to get to do something. Yeah, they're gonna, they got a nice juicy part, mm. and here we go. Yeah, and, and nom, 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 and nom. like the one is uh, was Judith Light, which I last remember from yeah. Who's the Boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing a character that's r- like, and the other oh, woman is like the boss on uh, Law and Order. Law and, Law and Order, yeah. Uh, well, also the voice uh, in um, the DJ in uh, the Warriors. Oh, neat. Yeah, okay, yeah. Esapathomircus. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, there was a description once. Uh, is it Keegan Michael Key? Okay. Is that, the, is that, is that his name from sure. Key and Peel? Yep. Uh, said about like uh, sketch comedy. And he said it's also the same thing with improv. But the way sketch comedy works is you have a spotlight and the spotlight is on someone doing an activity. And then the spotlight widens and you go, ah, oh, now we're getting a bit more context on yeah. this. Yeah. And what you originally believed isn't necessarily true. Now we widen it a little more. Oh, what I initially, okay, well now there's even more information here and this flips everything. And now you're widening it even more. And like, now I'm getting the full story and it's very satisfying because, you know, you were introduced to these elements, but everything still remains true, mm. but everything sometimes is the opposite of what you thought was true, while it still remains true, and there you go, ah, oh, that's great. And that's how a sketch, uh, comedy sketch usually plays out, or an improv sketch plays yeah. out. Yeah. And that's what they do in this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, close up, Yeah. we're going to get on this character. Yeah. Is the character really like this? Yes. Yes. To them. Yeah. To themselves. Yeah. They believe that. Yeah. Now we're going to pull back and get some context. Ah, but <laughs> to the rest of the world, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. And I, this movie, yeah, I definitely had like, or not movie. Uh, last week's episode definitely had some some um, changes of of imagining. 
Yeah. At first you imagine this situation and then, oh, this is a reality. And done oh. wrong, that could feel like, well, go to hell. Yeah. You know, you're just like, I'm on no, I'm not on stable ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and what have you. But you have to understand perspective or like, you know, like how people, when you hear a story from someone, you get a certain amount of information from them. You picture it a certain way. It could become, when it gets embroidered a bit more, then you're like, oh, okay. But what, was... makes it, what makes it work is that the main character, who you get introduced to later, uh, almost every episode, yeah, yeah. is loves life. Yeah. And even though she's in a tough, tr- tough situation. And, and people as well. Yeah. And she loves people. Yeah. And she's genuinely curious. And because mm-hmm. she's genuinely curious about people, yeah. we're genuinely curious about those people too. Yeah. Whereas her character about 10 years ago would have been written uh, snide and sarcastic mm. and dismissive yeah. of you like okay well she's got like a little zinger there about everybody yeah yeah that's fine no yeah. she's just like her her humor leans towards empathy yeah. and trying to help them and she doesn't mind hard work yeah you know she's never complaining about i had to do this yeah it's like no she's sweeping she's fine she's cleaning yeah. the toilet she's fine yeah she's doing uh, cocktail waitress work she's enjoying it yeah i was like oh well it's enjoyable to watch someone who's enjoying things <laughs> that's such a simple goddamn thing right yeah. yeah whereas the oldie time comedy thing is i'm at my job and i hate my job yeah that's easy and it's it's boring and now you've got to make everything else you know i enjoyed office space but you know well because the whole thing with that was it motivates them to do what they what they what they love and takes them until the end i know and that's the thing (laughs) but once they've done that you know once they've quit their job and smashed the computers yeah okay well that's what i wanted to see what else you got nothing okay <laughs> you should have ended there that's your happy ending is yeah. them smashing the computers that's as happy as it gets mm. yeah so where are you gonna go but yeah the the show does so many things so smartly yeah yeah something i was thinking when you're talking about key and peel what, what i really like enjoy, enjoy about their show is that they're willing to share the spotlight as well like i know the names in the title of the show but if, i was thinking about that what you need yeah yeah, but like I was thinking about that one, like the substitute teacher one, where you can't get the names right of the kids in the class. Yeah. All those kids, all the actors playing the kids, are so good at reacting, at you know, dub, you know, doubling down on all the humor in it and stuff like that. Like it really is like a, an effort of everyone, not just the one person who's obviously the you know Key's character is the main part of the the, the bit, but right. it's everyone else's reactions to and it. And Peel uh, carries that on in his movies as yeah, well. Yeah, every character is interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the even the stereotypical characters, yeah. you know, stereotypical white characters who are like, "I'd vote for Obama a third time." I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's just yeah. good. You're yeah. like, I'll I'll watch any of these people go mm-hmm. and have a a sandwich. Sure, you know, this is fine. Yeah, it's fun. Like a nope when the video store character becomes like a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, you're like, oh, this is a really good character. With hope, hope he's gonna keep. Oh, he's he's here. He's staying on for the course. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Share the share the spotlight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just a good lesson for writers. Every character matters. Mm-hmm. Every character, whereas whereas like old timey eighties nineties movies, you're the setup character that will set up the punchline for this other character, yeah, yeah. and that's the whole damn point. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're just here like, for that. Nope. Yeah, and you're gone. You'll never be seen in the movie again. Yeah, you have no character. 
And let's not let's not go crazy and let's not Judd Apatow it. And let's not have you do a giant improv monologue. Uh, Every goes, character gets a giant improv we monologue. We don't need that. With we don't need, no 13 would, jokes that one of them should have been chosen. That's right. The rest no, one, no one would let this go on this long. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, we don't have all the time yeah. in the world. Oh, we do? How long's the movie? Three hours! <laughs> It's a fucking comedy. <laughs> That's right. When the movie's called This is 40, they meant This is 40 Hours. Oh, my of a sweet movie. <laughs> jeepers. God damn it. The one best thing about Freaks and Geeks was that it had to be an hour. We had no choice. Less than, it's less a TV show. It's less a TV show. Yeah, that's right. 48 minutes show. or whatever. We're going to lock you into this amount of time. <laughs> yeah, Bless yeah. you. Yeah. Is yeah, your name Coppola? Then keep it under three hours. <laughs> yes, or Scorsese. I'll give. I'll give that to yeah. Scorsese. Coppola, Scorsese, and maybe, maybe every five years a Marvel movie. Every five years, <laughs> not everyone, not every one of these suckers. Yes. But like yeah. when you've got all the everyone together, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you the one that. Yeah. I thought the movie was called Wakanda Forever. I didn't know they were describing the movie. They had a lot. Uh, they had a lot to do. Oh my god! They had Did they have a lot to do? They, they just seemed a, to. They had a lot to do. They didn't seem to have any. There just seemed to be a lot of side uh, stuff. It's tough when someone once you know when someone passes and your initial <laughs> plot has to go out yeah. the window. Uh, yeah, it's uh, moving on. Ant Man. Ant Man's over here. Here we got some Ant Man. <laughs> Look at that man. That Kang looks good. He looks like a. He's a shenanigans guy. <laughs> he's full of. He's full I, of beans. I, he was in the final Loki, right? The final episode of Loki? Yeah, playing a different, a slightly different character, but yes. Oh, is that right? So he won't have that antic no. character? I kind of enjoyed very that. Different, very different personality. Oh, I kind of enjoyed that character in that. Uh... He was a, this is a variant of him. He was talking about, I've got oh, okay. variants. You're going to meet that guy. That guy's no good. You oh, think okay. I'm bad. Woohoo! <laughs> Wait till you meet. Yeah. Okay. He's his own hype man. Yeah. In I... fact, I would like to see, and this is just my nerdy thing, because his name is... Uh, I think its name is Nathaniel Richards. That's the character in the in the comic, and you know they've said his name. So I'm like not Kang is it. named Nathaniel. Yeah, Richards? okay. He is he's a descendant of Reed Richards. So oh. so my okay. my feeling on on that would be then make him Reed Richards. Make that actor Reed Richards yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know that'd oh, be sure. that'd be cool. That would be cool. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that actor. Uh, he was in uh, um, Lovecraft Country. Oh, so good. He's done so much, and he's yeah. good in like everything. The only, that he's pro- done. only problem with this character in those those shows that I kind of laughed at was like he's supposed to be like a big reader and stuff like that, but the actor's like so buff, built like oh, <laughs> built take like a brick the shirt wall. off, and here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, can I wash my clothes on your? Yeah, and he's yeah, he's just uh, it's just kind of funny. Like I'm a real reader. Are you? What do you? What do you do while you're reading? I it's watched like, the first uh, episode of Lovecraft Country again recently. And just the scene where they're in the diner mm. and realize, yeah, we gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they get out the fuck out of there, and yeah. immediately are being chased by a car. <laughs> yeah. And people shooting like shit. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they get the cop who is behind them, just going like, "Well, this is sundown mm. uh, community." So, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're if you're here after sundown, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, but you can't speed. So you gotta get out of the. You gotta get out of here. Yeah. Uh, and well, like, I follow you. And I'll and I'll follow you. And yeah. if you don't make it in time, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. Like Jesus. Yeah. And the first thing that that, that character says uh, to, back to him is like, "So is a U-turn illegal here?" Like, ah, it's very clever. <laughs> Normally it wouldn't be, and I would have been able to arrest you for that. But if you ask me real nice, maybe I'll let you make one. 
Like, okay. And they make him say something horrible to let him make a thing. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, it's this slow yeah. chase that's just like, son of a bitch. Like, and, and again, what, while they're, while they're like in the woods and they're uh, talking to each other, and then you see the cop pull up, yeah. like a shark in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like, oh. And you've introduced the idea that there's maybe monsters in the woods. Yeah. Doesn't matter. There's the monster. <laughs> yeah, That's the monster. Yeah. That's the monster, Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 So He's scary. Good. That actor does a good job in that role, too. He's really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. everyone reacts well, too. Yeah. Like in their own different ways of like trying to be cool while being scared, yeah. which is yeah. a real good skill to have. Yeah, it's an interesting show. I, I didn't uh, never heard of like sundown towns or you know, or I mean, obviously the movie Green Book talks about it too. But I didn't even know like the idea of like yeah. having like a guide to like safe places. It's so yeah. it's just so crazy, but obviously necessary. Yeah, I, the, everyone says the course, but I preferred the book Lovecraft Country, which I I read after I watched the series. Yeah, I just thought the book hung together better. I've kind of found this. Read series... about half of the book. I haven't finished. Yeah. Yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just found it. I just found it a bit more satisfying in terms of how the story, like the overall arc of it, because they do change it quite a bit for the show, for one reason or another. I, I was uh, something I was saying online the other day uh, that I think is a little bit of a problem for uh, Marvel is, uh, you know, they were talking about how um, with James Gunn, uh, he's basing a lot of the upcoming DC movies on on DC graphic novels. Okay, uh, and you know, you, is he doing Longest Night? Hmm. I don't think I don't think so at this point. But think, but I don't know why I know that title. I've never read that's it. That's all right. It's all it's all right. Okay. Um, oh wait, I didn't know. Are you talking like the Long Halloween or the? No, isn't there one called like Longest Night or something like that? Darkest Night? Is uh-huh. it like a Green Lantern one? Oh, maybe. I don't Could know. be. Well, that don't would know. make sense. Uh, but but it's I have they're no idea, guys. they're based a lot on the graphic novels. Which is fine. Which we've established. Uh, whereas I think the problem with Marvel is Marvel does such a better job with the movies than the the comics did. That if you then go, oh, I should read uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. Let me read that book. Yeah. Whew. This is all over the map. <laughs> Oh, this is not that good. Um, oh, wait, Civil War. Let me let me take a look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's oh. A, a Thor clone that was created by Mr. Fantastic that kills one of the only black characters. That's not great. <laughs> and then there's, oh, what's the consequences for Mr. Fantastic for creating this Thor clone that killed the guy? Nothing. Hmm. Ah, that's not good. Uh, and uh, Spider-Man always oh, revealing his identity. And uh, as this goes, nothing interesting happens with that. And bleh. and yeah, that's that's the problem. Is like, yeah. if you do go back and read the source material, they fixed a lot of shit okay. in the uh, in the in the movies. Yeah. Whereas so far, I feel like with the DC movies, the books aren't are actually better qu- quite a lot of the time. So you know, when you go back and read the graphic novels, I'm like, oh, okay. How's that Watchmen movie? It's all right. Yeah, How about fine. the Watchmen book? Oh, it's much better. It's oh, all right. <laughs> Although. Folks, the miniseries on HBO is really great. That's uh, Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Mm, that's not great. Okay, let's read the... the it's it's okay. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, the, the comic. Oh, this is really good. This is really good. All right. Who, sorry, Dark Knight Returns was made into a movie? It was made into an animated movie, yeah. Oh. But there's elements... And they have sex on a roof, right? But there's also like... Oh, fuck. No, that's uh, Killing Joke. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but Killing Joke is a better uh, book than the animated thing as well. And you have to get the original Killing Joke, not the not the reprint. Yeah, with the weird coloring. Well, Brian Boland's coloring, yeah. Yeah, the weird the weird coloring is in the first one. The boring, you know, everything has to be gray coloring is in the. No, it's better. No, it's not. Yeah, you took away all the all this great thematic color. But in general, 
because the movies are a little hit and miss and sloppy doppy, mm-hmm. uh, the the comics come across better. Whereas in Marvel, the movies are better, mm. so that the comics come across mm-hmm, all right. The movies are more exciting, and yeah, yeah. Do you feel like James? Well, I mean, James Gunn obviously is taking advantage of his position to see the books that he loves made into movies. You know, so what if he's more of a DC guy than he is a Marvel guy? I don't know. But the problem is Marvel's already taking care of itself right now. So there's no... What could you add to Marvel? But you could really add stuff to DC. Mm, and mm. and also, because you already have Marvel, there's room to be a contrast to Marvel and do things that Marvel wouldn't do, which mm. is the whole damn point. Like Otherwise, if you're just doing the same shit as Marvel and everyone's talking the same way they do in Marvel movies, what's the point? You know? No. Do your own style. Be a little more square if you want. <laughs> you know that's all right that was always the thing with dc is yeah. they were a little more a little more square it. a little yeah. uh more meat and potatoes i love i love all those old comics like those to me they're just great like superman family and stuff like that just i think they're great yeah one thing i used to really like was things like dc comics presents or brave and the bold mm-hmm. where they would just have batman or superman team up with a weird ass fucking character where there was like it's batman and sergeant rock <laughs> all right i don't know how this is going to happen but let's Let's see. Uh, who's Detective Chimp? What's that? <laughs> what, what's going on with this character? All right. Mm. Who's uh, Adam Strange? Who's 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 Calamandy? Yeah. And then it would just open the door to all these uh, weird characters. Commandy, you mean? Commandy the Kirby? Commandy. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Not Calamandy. Calamari. <laughs> Calamari. Calamandy. Yeah. Starro's uh, son. Yeah. Calamari. As the Barry Manilow song about a squid. <laughs> Calamandy. And it was a little different than... Marvel, because Marvel had two team-up books, and DC had two team-up books. Mar- DC had uh, DC Comics Presents, which was Superman teaming up with. Yeah. And then Batman in Brave and the Bold. But then Marvel had Marvel 2 and 1, and Marvel had uh, Marvel Team-Up. And both of those, that was The Thing and Spider-Man teaming up. And both The Thing and Spider-Man were jokey guys. Yeah. So it gave it a different bounce to it. Sure. Whereas both Batman and Superman were squares. Yeah, a couple squares. So you had more room to have the other character be more interesting. Yeah. And, the, you know, and Superman's teaming up with the Creeper. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Creeper has more yeah, thing yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when Spider-Man's teaming up with Daredevil and they're both joking around, well, they've both got the same vibe to them. Sure. You know, they're both swinging on stuff, going through. They both live in New York. All right. It's fine. The Creeper's a, a comic book character that will really disturb you when you're a kid. Yeah? When you see him, you're just like, oh, this, thing, this is not right. Man-Thing really disturbed me as oh, a kid. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The idea that you could like put your fist through him mm. was really disturbing and just okay. like, ugh. And like, <laughs> and by the way, if you're scared, you'll yeah. burn to death yeah. if he touches you. Oh, okay. oh that's creepy. And yeah. what's with his face and those three things hanging down, three tentacles on his face? Yeah. What's that about? That's that's just a weird, disturbing image. And big, red, bulgy eyes. Ugh. And you're supposed to not be scared of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Or you'll die. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that weird snozz that he's got. That's, yeah. That little kind of... Yeah. No. Blech. I guess you can be disgusted by him and not be scared. Oh, that's interesting. You know. Yeah. So I'll just be repulsed, but not be scared. That would be an interesting thing to do. It's like... The second man thing grabs you, you realize you're terrified. Yeah. So you need now to have another emotion. And yeah. what is that? So you immediately stick your fingers down your throat. <laughs> and like you're grossed out. And you're yeah. throwing up. And you're like, yeah. ah! Yeah. And like, oh, wait. No, now you're not feeling scared. You're feeling, <laughs> you know, both annoyed and disgusted. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay. As soon as man thing grabs you, shit your pants. Now you're embarrassed. <laughs> 
you're embarrassed in front of man thing yeah, and man yeah. things like whoa i don't need any of this <laughs> i don't think i could do that it's i have a hard time going to the bathroom with people in the room well that's the thing you're embarrassed oh yeah it's I, good but I, that'll save your life <laughs> i guess so you could even listen all doomed. i'm saying is when man thing grabs you try to shit your pants and even mm. if you don't you'll be embarrassed that you can't yeah and even that'll make man thing just go now nah, fuck it I'm, I'm out i can't take this emotion yeah no thank you one other thing about marry me uh Please. I was, I, was, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, you know, Owen Wilson's a bit long in the tooth for that role. But then I was thinking, gee, are there like a lot of actors that are like an Owen Wilson that are like a good light comedian who can do like a romantic? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd would be a good example of that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe good. maybe Adam Scott. And Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd has a bit of like the J Lo magic where he's kept he's kept a bit more youthful than than Owen Wilson has. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, you feel like. You can see his age, despite the attempts to like keep his hair blonde, and mm-hmm. you know he's he's older. Back in the day, you could have a Tom Hanks, who'd be yeah, that yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks is too old. He's he's aged out of that. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like J Lo, she's you know her biz- her job is to look young, mm-hmm. and so she's kept like a very youthful appearance. And her 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 with Owen Wilson, there's like obviously. One is much older looking than the other, and it just kind of doesn't really work in a, as a to me anyway. Um, you want kind of a youthfulness to that those characters. I want to see how old J Lo was. Fifty three. Yeah, yeah, she's not she's no spring chicken, but she's very young looking, you know, on camera anyway. There's times where she looks older, but you know, most of the time she looks youngish. She's you know very athletic. She's kept herself in very good physical condition. She may have had a little bit of subtle work done. I don't know. I'm not going to. But say who that. hasn't? Me. You haven't? No. Oh, well, there's still time. <laughs> you know, just for the sake of the podcast. Is yeah, right. yeah. That's fair you enough. You know, freshen, freshen up a little sure, lift, sure. a little nip, a little sure. talk. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. work. You know, don't mm-hmm. go full, you know, don't come back a different race, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Don't come back like a balloon. Yeah. Don't come back yeah. a, a balloon that uh, looks like a racist stereotype. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. That's, that's, my, that's my hope for you. Thanks. Thank That's you. a podcast partner's prayer. Um, I'm going. But anyway, to... I think there's there's room for someone to step in to be kind of like a new a new uh, funny actor who can kind of carry a, a romantic role. I'm wondering, like we used to get them from sitcoms. I'm trying to think, like what's a if there's like a sitcom that yeah. uh would be breeding that because that's where you get your Tom mm-hmm. Hanks's yeah. back in the day from, or your uh, uh, Jason, what's his name's. From uh, Arrested Development. Jason um, Bateman, yeah. You're Jason Bateman's. He's not really... I don't... You're Valerie's families. I don't think he'd be... He's not really a rom-com guy, Jason Bateman. His persona isn't rom-com. He... Okay, so you can get Not successful in, rom-com. Not, you, not a rom-com I would want to watch. You can get him into like a date night type situation. And like, you know, he's going to hit the comedy beats. And then the second beat will be a romantic thing. It'll be like... It'll be one about like a couple who the spark is out of the marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they need something to set them on fire. Do you, oh, so, you say date night or game night? Game night. Game night. That's okay. correct. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what is da- is date night a movie? It is a movie with Tina Fey, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you need you Steve need... Carell and Tina Fey, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they tried to do this with Steve Carell as well for a while. Um, to make him like a light. Yeah, uh, that kind of guy. Yeah, it's, it's personal. The everyman. Yeah. But someone who can also hit the comedy beats. But that's the thing with like Jason Bateman is he can hit the comedy beats. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, really, really well. But then he can also hit some drama beats. So, you know, you got your Rose arcs yeah. and whatnot. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, you're right. But it's normally would come out of a uh, of a sitcom situation. Yeah, and sitcoms and, and then be a little uh, tighten tighten it up, tighten yeah. up the shtick yeah. a bit, and then that's movie. Yeah, sitcoms rom-com. are different nowadays. They don't. They're not really. They're not three cameras. Yeah. And uh, I don't see anyone coming out of like it's always sunny in Philadelphia and <laughs> becoming a rom com. Well, the problem character. the problem with well Charlie Day is not going to work in that because they have personas, you know that they 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 par, yeah. Part, also, of their... their sitcoms go for forever now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, not for, unfortunately, but they go on forever. So yeah. you know they they come out uh, older. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's okay to be older. I mean, it's 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 Jennifer Lopez. She doesn't need like a twenty year old, but uh, it's just someone who is more like. Com- physically compatible with her would, would have been better, I think. And I really like Owen Wilson a lot. Like he's uh, a favorite actor of mine. And once again, an actor I saw in a weird context for the first time I saw him was in The Haunting. Mm. I didn't see him in Bottle Rocket or whatever because okay. that movie just kind of passed me by at that time. And uh, yeah, so my first time I saw him was like, oh, what an interesting looking guy. What a what an interesting character this person because you know he does have a film persona and that, yeah. you know, that's his thing. But you'll remember him for sure. Yeah, the I didn't. I've never seen Bottle Rocket, but I I, I remember when Bottle Rocket mm. was in theaters. I came out of a Seven Eleven on Granville Street, uh, technically on Robson Street. Where's the Seven Eleven? Yeah. And uh, my friend uh, came up to me and just went, "Oh man, I just saw a movie. Oh, what'd you see? Bottle Rocket. It's really good. <laughs> oh, it's good. You got to see it. Okay. And then she walked away and went like, "You got to see Bottle Rocket." I'm like, okay. And I'm drinking my Slurpee. Like, bottle rocket, bottle <laughs> rocket. And she's putting her hands up. Bottle rocket. I'm like, oh, that's a good uh, ad for bottle rocket. Not good enough that I saw it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, just at the time I was, you know, I don't know where. I was just like a young dad probably. So such things were, were beneath my attention at that time. Yeah. Just, or, or I was too out of it you know just too she walks up. by she walks by your house going bottle rocket and you're leaning out with yeah, like a baby uh, i got, a bottle, on a, diaper. Here. I got, I got right. a bottle of milk right here thanks for reminding me right. i'll warm it up and i'm gonna rock it that'd be such a good name for a baby warm a baby bottle warm, warmer bottle rocket bottle rocket yeah you could probably if you could do like a quick warm in a, a bottle like you get up at night talk, and you to, need to... talk to wes anderson see if you can get an endorsement on that i think the word bottle rocket exists outside of the movies I know, but you want. To, oh, I want West. You want to make it very Wes Anderson. I want a kind of a creepy director who dresses in corduroy with who doesn't have kids to be promoting my Ooh, baby bottle. Like that, yeah, <laughs> and it's like the the bottle the bottle uh, warmer is always like centered in the frame, and there, there's some uh, very nice soft music. There's like uh, some Leonard Cohen music, but being sang in Swedish. Like <laughs> little uh, I am a hotel. I, I'm not a Leonard Cohen guy. All right. Well, no, it's not Leonard Cohen. It's Leonard it's Cohen Leonard being like okay, yeah. It's 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 well, out, it's Alleluia Sweet- sang okay, in Swedish. Let me just say this: if it's a Swedish Leonard Cohen, then it's going to be Lee Lee Hazelwood, All right. who was an American, but he lived in Sweden for a while. He did Cowboy in Sweden, but he was another guy. I'm not a big fan there of because his right. voice is too deep. All right, I don't right. like deep voice singers. You like high voice singers? I do. I prefer a guy who sings a little higher. You like the Chipmunks? You're I like a tenor. Fan. I like a tenor. I'd be Alvin, okay. <laughs> that is not an appropriate song for you to sing. <laughs> Why? It's about sex. All songs are about sex. Yeah. Rock and roll means sex. <laughs> Alvin. That's right. I want you to sing Shake, Rattle, and Roll instead of that. That's right. I like a one-eyed cat going in a seafood store. <laughs> Alvin. <laughs> Listen, Dave. We all need this shit. <laughs> I made you, and I can end you. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll mind my. Uh, I'm going to go to the land of letters. 
Oh, is that a place? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, last week we asked, what is your weak spot on Jeopardy? And uh, what's your complaint? We talked about complaint department. And I thought we'd get a little more more response. You know what, didn't. though? Hey, maybe people will respond next week. Maybe That's it was fine. a Maybe it was a week. Keep it going. People, look, it was the beginning of February. Yeah. People are relaxing. This is my, this is my theory. This is yeah. my theory. We do enough complaining for everyone. Oh, maybe. <laughs> we don't need to add to it. No, no. I was going to say, our show is so... We're just so happy-go-lucky. Yeah, it's, it's loosey-goosey. And so happy, like so optimistic. People leave, end our show feeling sunny, feeling happy. They don't have complaints. Yeah. You know? That's what it's about. I understand. I'm not disappointed. I I, I get I get it. That's what I'm saying, folks. Yep. Anyway, go on with your reading. All right, I will. I just got a reminder here about uh, a concert that I bought tickets for my mother-in-law. Oh, okay. Yeah. She. It, uh, it's a comedy concert. Okay. Uh, there's this Finnish comedian called Ismo. 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 Okay. Yeah, so I'm uh, going to just send her the sender. There we go. Yeah, Finnish comedian uh, won uh, Funniest Person in the World contest. <laughs> okay. And uh, she loves him. Anyway, okay, so cool. last week we asked, what's your Jeopardy weak spot and what's your complaint? Yep. And we got a couple of letters, and let me read them. The first two I'm going to merge into one because they're both from our friend Louise. Oh, Louise. Yeah, which is always, you know, it's always a delight to hear from Louise. Yes. Uh, she's a Gemini Award winner, by the way. Did you know that? I thought she won the Gemini. I guess I was wrong. Oh, you think it was a Gemini? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, okay, I might be pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> Those awards come in pairs. Those awards come in pairs? Yeah, you get two of them? Gemini Awards, yeah. Do you actually get two of them? Well, they did because she won it with their writing partner. So uh, they did get two awards. All right. And you. people always, because uh, they're face-shaped, they put their face into the award. Oh, uh, And if your face doesn't fit, they take the award away. <laughs> they do. Is that how it works? Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe your face magically fits when you put it in there. Louise's first remark uh, applies to uh, your Sneaky Dragon listening party song, Choice. Okay. So uh, taking you back yeah. to that last week. Yeah. I saw Laughing by David Crosby on your top five uh, songs about laughter. Yeah. And I was a little confused. I asked myself, didn't Burton Cummings also sing a song called Laughing? Well, not Bur- Burton Cummings, but yes. Oh, was it the Guess Who? It was the Guess Who, yeah. Laughing, laughing, and I sat on a bee. Okay. You took away everything I had. That's why he was laughing. There's a bee on my knee. It almost made the cut. It did almost make the cut, but I... I moved it out in favor of a different song. Yeah. I won't say what song. Oh, wait. I asked myself, didn't Burton Cummings also sing a song called Laughing? And guess who was right? Ah, that's pretty good. I get it. It's uh, worth a listen for a little classic uh, Canadian content from 1969. Yeah, fine. 69. Nice. I get it. Did you know that uh, in um, Get Smart, that was the original name of 99? Oh, really? Yeah. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. And then the network went, hi, we saw what you called her. Change the name, and she Wait. became ninety nine. People at the network know about sixty nineing. Yeah, darn it. But you know why? Because they got smart. They did get smart, and they took control, mm-hmm. so there wasn't any chaos. I get it. Hi me. Anyway, uh, it's quite upbeat for a song about someone who is bitter and being about being laughed at. You are right. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you're feeling down, uh, enter the name Burton Cummings and karaoke. And uh, sing a little Burton Cummings song on uh, YouTube to yourself. You'll right. uh, you'll enjoy yourself. Is it a song about being in someone's backyard? I'm hanging in your backyard, freeing your dog from a leash. <laughs> what is that a song by him? Something about rocking in the yeah. backyard? I, I saw more Burton Cummings as a young man oh, than really? more people uh, should probably. <laughs> because I would go to tapings of uh, the Alan Thicke show and the Don Heron show. And quite often... 
he was there. Is that right? And would sing a song. And he would really yeah. sing a song. It wasn't that lip syncing okay. nonsense yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, other people did and clearly did. Mm. Uh, no, he would sing, and sing songs that you'd be like, huh. Yeah, you know, uh, for forty-five thousand dollars, you can look like a woman tonight. He had a good voice. Thousand dollars. He was a lovely voice yeah. and uh, could play a mean piano and really enjoyed himself. Yeah. And also does a very nice um, uh, Gordon Lightfoot impression. Oh, have cool. you ever seen him do his Gordon no, Lightfoot? No, I have not. That sounds fun. Yeah, um, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're gonna I'm interrupt going yourself. To... Well, I'm just going to say something while you All do right, that. Please then. do because I'm going to. Because find here this in Canada, many people who live in in kind of outside of the major centers. They love Burton Cummings. They love him so much. Because unlike most big stars who come to Vancouver, come to Calgary, wherever, Burton Cummings would make a point of going to your Kelowna's, your Kamloops, your little towns, and performing there. And so those people, the only artists they could see performing in their towns was like someone like Burton Cummings, who would, you know, was fairly big. You know, big in Canada, which is, you know, you know not it's super big-ish. big, but it's big. Yeah, that's all right. You know, you're, you're, what are you doing? I you know, mean, we're all apologizing. It's like being big I don't in, know what to say. But it's like know, only being big in California, but, you know, like without having a film industry to, to back it up. But anyway, so, um, yeah, that was his thing. So, like, you'll talk to people. They, you know, they're more more our age now. But but even when they were young, you'd be like, you'd kind of make fun of Burton Cummings because, right. you know, he's from the past, you know. And, and they'd be like, what do you mean? He's great. <laughs> Yeah. He used to come to our town and play at the rec center. And Again, I've got good memories of him from seeing him, you know, uh, on this talk show. Yeah. Talk shows. Yeah. And, uh, and he would, again, he would do the deep cuts. Like yeah. he would do weird new songs. Yeah, yeah. Because he was trying to introduce them on the on this thing. So, yeah. You know, he had would, a new album to, to pedal. Yeah, that's right. He was pushing pushing something. Yeah. And because, especially with Alan Thicke, they'd have a little jamming going on because they're both mu- musicians. Mm, they got some fun. musician talk. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, I sent you the clips of him as uh, Gordon Lightfoot. He's okay. singing uh, Gordon Lightfoot as uh, uh, doing uh, Rod Stewart. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's Burton Cummings. Yeah. Doing uh, doing Gordon Lightfoot. Sure. Doing Rod Stewart. All right. We will watch. We will watch this after after Sounds the, cool. the episode. Sounds cool. Louise continues. My complaint is about people who want better access to publicly funded health care, mm. but are against socialism and higher taxes that go along <laughs> with it. I also complain about provincial political parties that aren't willing to campaign on raising taxes, but are willing to get a bigger share of federal taxes. So either the feds would have to raise their rate or they'd have to divert spending from other areas. There, getting a little political on the show. Wow, Louise. Here, wow. here. Here, here, speaker. <laughs> huzzah. Uh, huzzah, huzzah. Huzzah, Um. What my response to the yeah, it's true. Like it seems like it's people who are of a conservative bent who are the ones who have the biggest access to grind about wait you know wait times in healthcare right. and other things like. And you're like, are any of your solutions better? No, they're not. They're just putting money in someone else's pocket solutions. They're not solutions that actually help people. Well, they're not solutions. They're they're things that sound good when said. Yeah, yeah. They're applause lines. Yeah, it's I'm going to bring down your taxes. Hooray! <laughs> give you more health care. Yeah, Hooray! Yeah. It's, well, but even like, I'm just talking about normal run. This Joe yeah. Schmoes on the street who complained about, yeah. I had to, you know, my mother-in-law had to wait nine months to get her knee replaced. That's bad. And then they replaced it with an elbow. But guess what? <laughs> but guess what? She got it replaced. Yeah. Your mother-in-law got her knee replaced. Like, there's tons of people all around the world who don't even have that kind of access yeah. to any of those sort of things. Right. So you know, and, and she lost her house doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's because right. Because yeah. that's how much it cost, yeah. right? Yeah, no. Because like, was... that operation at least cost $40,000. Yeah. There's no way. 
And for $45,000, you could look like a woman tonight. It's like when people will argue with me about ICBC, and I'll be like, no, because ICBC, you know, it saves you on taxes. It saves you on taxes. You know, yeah, it's it's a provincial insurance program. Okay, some fat guy isn't getting a bunch of money in his pocket selling his insurance. Oh, my God, what a tragedy. Like, you know, like, it pays for our stuff for us. It pays for our motor vehicle branches where we have to go get license plates and our driver's license. All those things are paid for through our contributing in our insurance to the government in, as a, in the form of ICBC. Let me tell you the problem. And I'll just say what the problem is. Yeah, you tell me right now. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. We don't have a schoolhouse rock about that. Yeah. You need a schoolhouse rock. Yeah. Here's how taxes work <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Where they go, let me tell you. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> well, There's when a laugh you break your story. leg, you don't have to beg. Because the taxes pay to fix your leg. Yeah. I'm walking. <laughs> and then, you, yeah, you have one of those. And then we understand yeah. it. Yeah. And then uh, people can't pull a fast one later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, and by the way, Schoolhouse Rock, uh, it's whatever their anniversary now. The, it's yeah, yeah. I that. The problem is, is uh, governments aren't allowed to advertise themselves as how great they're doing. Hmm. Like government, crown corporations can't be like, we're doing great. They're not allowed to. No. You just need, it's not like that they're doing great. You just need to like have a breakdown of how the system works. Sure, that's fine. Just like, you yeah. might hear, I've heard a lot of stuff about socialized medicine. Yeah. What's it mean? <laughs> well, you like Kiefer Sutherland. Well, let's look back on him and let's look into his old DNA. There was a fella in the past and he kicked trouble in the ass. We're not talking Donald Sutherland, though. He's also good. Keep going far back. Not, he's only related by marriage. To, only uh, related by marriage. Yeah. And he's got a good scene in that Invention of the Body Snatchers. And you might remember him also from Hunger Games. He's a villain. He's good in yeah. MASH as well. He's okay in MASH. What do you mean he's okay? He's, he's great. Good. He's yeah. great. He's one of the best uh, Hawkeyes. Um, <laughs> one of two. One of two. If you're if you're counting Jennifer Renner, three or or wait for because also um, that actor. Oh yeah, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. Da- Daniel Day Lewis, yeah, yeah. Hawkeye as well. I will come for you. Jeez, <laughs> um, that makes me want to watch that movie for some reason. I love that scene. You're allowed to. It's not a rom com. Unlike the English patient, it. that actually works out. I will come for you. I won't come back for you at all. You're gonna die in a cave. Silly sketch that makes me Spoilers. laugh. Is the last of the Mohicans down Day Lewis uh, sketch done by Ben Stiller? Okay, where it's like a treadmill that he's got, where he's like it's him doing CrossFit oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> on it. It's uh, yeah. yeah. There's various reasons you can't show that now, uh, but you can look it up on YouTube because YouTube don't judge. All right, <laughs> we're going to Edward Dragansky now because Hi, it's the law. It is the law here in socialist. They Canada. call it Dragansky's law. By the way, Canada isn't socialist. No, we're socialist. Social-ish. Sure. Ist. We're socialish. Socialish. <laughs> My office manager is always joking that she'd like to get me on Jeopardy because of all the trivial knowledge I know. But if any sports, politics, or geography questions show up, I'm screwed. Maybe some baseball or top-tier politics, do you, but do geography... You get your, does he get his backup, though? I'm like, in trouble. Yeah. Real trouble. Does, do you get your backup, Ed, and be like, what do you mean comic books are trivial? Mm-hmm. What about knowing stuff about Star Wars? Is that trivial? What do you mean calling him Colomandy? <laughs> he was in Command D. That was the they named him after the thing he was in. So easy. <laughs> Who was the name of the first first boy though? That was the last boy on Earth. Who was the first boy? I think it was Arak. I think it was like Arak. It was something beginning with an A. There was a thing. Was oh, a the, the Jack Kirby one. It was like there was a cave boy who was like. Uh, 
Is Air, it Air, Air, Air Iraq, 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 Iraq. Yeah, between an Iraq and a hard place. Uh, <laughs> I swear, so many uh, think I'm making this up. We had little to no geography in school growing up. The focus was on a new math called Chisenbop and SRA reading uh, modules. So almost uh, most of the other subjects took a back back seat to them. Huh. When I was in college. I bought a huge world map for my room so I could study it and learn where everything was located. I'd stare at it all the time. Too bad I didn't retain what I was looking at. I was in college, so I only uh, kept the info I needed inside my noggin. You asked where I stayed when I was in Seattle. We did. Answer the question. (laughs) Uh, We were at the Hyatt Regency on Howell Street in Olive, right across from the convention center. I've heard of the Emerald City Comic Con for years, but never had the pleasure of attending. I'm probably not going this year, but, uh, you know, uh, probably next year. Complaints? I won't get started on social media etiquette and its effects on modern communication. That's like beating a dead horse, and I think we all share that one. By the way, if you like uh, stories about dead horses, uh, Dave does a podcast called Horse Mysteries. I do. Yeah. With my wife, Lisa. Uh, How about a new one for a change? How about an onslaught of AI technology in the world of illustration and design? Have you seen the results of what a few minutes of prompts into a chat GPT AI engine can do? I was first introduced to all of this by a coworker who did his best to explain how he can go into Discord and write prompts into the Midjourney app and generate some amazing art in minutes. It sounded cool at the time, but cumbersome and dense. I didn't bite, and I'm glad I didn't. In what seemed like overnight, I started seeing these strangely rendered images appear on social media, mostly on the Midjourney pages. They're AI-generated images of anything you ask it to create, like... The Avengers, directed by Stanley Kubrick, or Angry Sandwiches with a Thousand Eyes. The most unbelievable rendered art I've ever seen, but uh, all the same in texture and tone. Then I learned very quickly from designers online that the AI takes, steals, imagery it doesn't own, (laughs) and there's no safeguards in place yet. And if that wasn't bad enough, read this tweet from James L. Cook. All right, I will. Here we go. I was watching an interview with Noam Chomsky, and he was asked about AI software, specifically ChatGPT and its impact on education. He replied that Chat uh, GPT isn't about learning. It's about avoiding learning. And then the light went on. <laughs> Recently, I was in a discussion with a peer group about an article written by James Marriott for The Times. He's basically an art school dropout that never really spent any real time developing his skill to become an artist. And now he's bitter that he's not successful and that artists with real skills are gatekeepers to his success. (laughs) To be honest, it was a very entitled rant about uh, the demonized people who have worked very hard to hone their craft as elitists and prestige squatters. In his article, he welcomes AI image generators because he thinks it levels the playing field between his mediocre efforts and those snobby gatekeeping artists. And that's where, when the connection hit, channeling Chomsky... AI image generating isn't about making art, it's about avoiding making art, letting the computer do it. I'm too lazy to log the self-emotional wearing hours. I'm too impatient and entitled to learn the masters. I'm too self-absorbed to spend my time laboring over a work that requires me to use sophisticated critical thinking. Let the machine do it. (laughs) AI image generation isn't about making art, it's about avoiding making art. (laughs) Now we're back to Ed. This both scared and angered me at the same time. My complaint is that those who are looking to profit from learning AI in mere hours and selling the renders as their own, 
AI ads started popping up on Facebook with headlines like, I can create stunning works of art in seconds from one new AI app after another. I won't go into details, but these renders are only fantastical imagery that lack any grasp of typography and have no practical way of being produced. You'll still need a designer for the production and the hand renders are all fucked up. Yeah, the hand renders are pretty rough. It's weird. It's like they all have trouble drawing hands, just like regular artists. <laughs> How are their feet? Oh, that's good. I uh, have to see. Uh, the tweet above mentions leveling the playing field between the gatekeeping art snobs and the AI generators. I'll take my 33 years experience and meet you on that playing field. <laughs> then we'll see whose work can be produced correctly. Yeah. Sincerely, the snobby gatekeeper from the complaint department. <laughs> I hope this all made sense. Go look at Bill Sienkiewicz's Facebook page for more info. Thoughts? That was a long one, but you guys asked. So beautiful and awesome uh, to so be beautiful and awesome to one another out there, sneakers. Until next time. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think if a computer can do it, you've got to do something the computer can't do. That's generally my feeling about it. Uh, stealing art. Everyone's going to steal art. It's bad. It's not good. It's a bad thing. I don't know what you can do about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not personally opposed to stealing art. I think uh, if, I mean, I'm opposed to stealing art if you're just stealing someone's art and... Selling it as your own. Instead of presenting it as your own. But if you're taking someone's art and re, re you know, reusing it or reformatting it in a new way that, you know, like, like rap music... Someone merges Frazetta and Sienkiewicz yeah. together and makes their own thing. Could they sell it? Is that yeah, they're okay Yeah, they're Simon Bisley. Oh. Uh, shots fired. <laughs> not shots. This is someone who likes something and makes... Who liked art, different artists and made mm-hmm. and made his own kind of his own That's synthesis. That's true, but they them. interpreted it. Yeah. Whereas the computer would merge would the just two mer- together. Well, or just take elements of them and, and merge them, and, and often in a clumsy way that doesn't mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah, I mean, most most of the AI art I've seen, I. Prefer personally think is very kind of garish and awful looking yeah but that's a sub- that's a subjective thing that's not but that that's ethical but yeah well but that all, i hope art is subjective yeah. um but yeah like i i yeah like i agree with you i think uh you know if you can be interesting if you can do something that's new or different or at least have something that's heartfelt or or just relates your own experiences or relates experiences in a way that touches it touches other people you know, then we're all competing against each other, whether it's a computer or another person who's doing art. We're all like, you know, vying for attention for what we're trying to do. I mean, once upon a time, you knew, you and I were both uh, uh, chagrined to learn we weren't good at drafting. <laughs> right? Like we both thought we're good Fucking draft people, awful. right? Well, because we'll be we could draw. Because we're, we good, think, we're good yeah, drawers, so yeah. we'll be good at drafting. Let's yeah. try drafting. Oh, I can't. Oh, my square that I'm drawing is wrong. There's a little bit. You can see a little bit of something at the end. Oh, it's bad. And that's a C, a C plus. Holy shit. That's okay. Wait a second. Let me erase that. Too smeary? Fuck me. Okay. So. Yeah, you said it. A computer can do that better than me. Yeah. And so there's a bit of me that goes like, I could either bust my hump learning how to do yeah. that perfect square or circle mm-hmm. or what have you. Or I can go, listen. That's what the computer can do well. Yeah. What can I do that the computer can't do? Yeah. And then go from there. Well, yeah. Like if I'm, let's say I, when I would do title cards, if I had to redo, re, like make my own font of something that existed without like. Yeah. I would use, I would, you know, do like a rough version of that font. And then I would go in the computer and use Illustrator to make it look great. You know, and so I'm yeah. using the computer's ability to improve what I'm doing. The computer isn't having that idea. You know, it's just helping me do, fulfill what I'm trying to do. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, 
I think it's usual. I think it's the usual kind of panic about something that it'll all it'll all come out in the wash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I get you know, no one's wrong on this. It feels like to me, yeah. you know, it's like I get I I get people not wanting their art taken. Absolutely, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You work really hard yeah. developing, you know, your skills, and all of a sudden, like I remember. You know, Pia had like her art borrowed for various collage things, and people were selling the collages with like her art predominantly taking up like three quarters of what the collage was. Mm. I'm like, well, that's her art, and you're selling her art. Yeah, but it's being recontextualized, and now we're now we're into that old uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah, you know what you're gonna do. But I can also see, you know. People going, I'm uh, making new art out of old art, and that yeah. that is art, and, and you're not wrong, but you know, then it becomes the difference between art and ethics, and uh, oof, yeah, what are you gonna? Sometimes art is not ethical, uh, or or you have a different ethical standard for how you think art should be treated, you right? Know? You know, whether you're cutting up old catalogs and reconfiguring the images, or you're, right. or you're using a computer to do that, you know, like. It's up to you to have the the great ideas, you know, like like someone like Cindy Sherman, who's a photographer, you know, and a, a photographer is it's a it's a very mechanical thing, sure, you know, but it's about the it's about her ideas that she's taking to bring into photography, whether it's her unfinished movies where she's doing like stills from various noir films and stuff like that with herself as the the femme fatale or whatever, um. Or doing her like fairy tale pictures and stuff—they're all based around her, her own interpretations of already existing properties as well. You know, when she's doing like Hitchcockian images with uh, as as still photos, she's taking someone else's art and recontextualizing it into a different format and presenting it to us in a, in a, in a fun way, an interesting way. Sure. You know, that, but that's and that's art. You know, there's a thing where uh, Olivia R- Rodrigo, who just had a single uh, uh, last year, I guess. And she got a lot of flack for copying Elvis Costello's song "Pump It Up," and Elvis Costello's response was, "Yeah, and I, and I borrowed from Bob Dylan, Subterranean Homesick Blues, and he borrowed from Chuck Berry, and Chuck Berry borrowed from that's art. Yeah, art is taking things we like and reconfiguring it and putting it out there from from our own point of view or from our own perspective. That's what art is, you know. So, it's computers doing it now." I guess that's something that we'll have to just learn to Yeah, the, the factor that's taken out of that, though, is, okay, so he borrowed from him, he borrowed from him, he yeah, borrowed yeah. from him, he borrowed from him. Yeah. Okay, so, but how much money are you making off this? So if you borrowed from this person, or, I mean, Bob Dylan, of course, you go like, well, you're both probably Elvis Costello and Bob Dylan. Both are making the same amount of money, so it seems fair yeah. that but he would have borrowed from him. But Bob Dylan takes from someone who's got nothing yeah. and then gets a hit song yeah. you know, using a, a major element from this other person's thing. Does he then have uh, you know, the ethical responsibility to then pay that person for what he borrowed? Yeah. Or just because the person put something out there, yeah. it's now, it is public domain, here you go. You know, to what degree? Well, I mean, if, I mean, if they did that to Bob Dylan, Bob yeah. Dylan could sue. Yeah. You know, because he's got the money to sue. Sure. Yeah. So that. I but mean, I mean, what do you do? all these songs are coming through the through the lens of the of the artist, and they're people who aren't going to be re- derivative, right? You know, they're actual talented artists, so it's not going to be. Not necessarily. Well, I know, but you're. you're I'm giving, talking in our example that I'm using. These you're are giving. People. You're giving a specific yeah. example. There's going to be a lot less talented artists. Sure. Who and, are also doing it. Yeah, yeah, and know. that's a different thing. Then, then you yeah. end up. But with how stuff do you then go? Well, you're talented, so it's okay. You're not talented, yeah, so... Yeah. Well, it's not that it's you're not, not talented. It's just that, oh, you didn't do a very good job disguising your influences. Mm. You pretty much stole the song 
lock, stock, and barrel, and just presented it as your own. That's not that's not quite the same as what Bob Dylan did by by taking elements of Chuck Berry and reconfiguring it into his own sound. Or or um, you know, if you listen to Pump It Up, you know the song Pump It Up. I, yeah. I, I mean, listen to Subterranean Homesick Blues. They don't really sound alike. You know, if Elvis Costello is going to tell us that was the jumping off point for that song, I'll I'll believe him. But there's you know there's not a lot of I mean there's stuff that I there's know there's DNA but it's not yeah. uh, you know. there's stuff that's the you know when it gets into DNA and various things that I've yeah. done I know things that I have lifted yeah. from people I had a I had a bad conversation once upon a time uh, with uh, Don Rosa uh, where I was where I admitted like I have like borrowed so much stuff from you and he was like oh what and I'm like okay uh, it's it's like it's almost impossible to explain, but I yeah. could tell like he was like not taking it in a good way. Yeah, yeah, his back's already up. Yeah, his back's already up. So I was like, nah, this is not a good way to go. <laughs> I mean, you can take it as a compliment, which is what I meant it as, yeah. or what have you. And it was like, well, it's basically you take what's there, but then you add a depth to it, and then you examine these characters. And it's yeah. like there's a lot to it I could really get into, but he was not in the mood to hear yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah, no, conversation. No, no. I'm like, okay, and you don't see me definitely as a peer in any way, so I'm going to slowly back up <laughs> out going of the to room disappear. and just go just like, ha ha, oh, you know, keep on ducking in the free world. Okay, well, off I go. Yeah. Yeah, duck off. Yeah, but no, I know, I know. He's a bitter guy, so. I know what I, what I rip off, mm-hmm. and I know uh it in a way that other people probably can't see it sure uh but that's part sure. of it because that's, you're that's what it. influences are you know like i am currently probably you know every time i watch a uh, poker face i'm like okay i'm ripping stuff off here it's good to know <laughs> huh so you do that huh that's interesting okay and that's how you write a mystery yeah that's interesting yeah okay fine all right fair enough fair, yeah, enough, yeah. fair enough okay good 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 yeah you learn you adapt you adjust you adapt you mm. steal and then you go over here. Yeah. That's everyone. I mean, like, Dashiell Hammett created the hardball detective. Raymond Chandler took that and created Philip Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Mickey Spillane took that and created Mike Hammer. You know what I mean? Like, every, every, none, of them, none of them are exactly alike, but they all are, you know, genetically related to the original I like, continental op. I know? mean, I, look, I always like uh, when people talk about Marvel Comics, and it's like Marvel Comics started with the Fantastic Four, and the Fantastic Four, it's just a ripoff of everything. It's nothing but ripoff. Like, to the point, at times, you know, Kirby and, and, and Stan Lee are ripping off themselves. Yeah. Like, because they were coming out of monster comics where giant monsters are invading the city. Well, the first thing you see is a giant monster that's invading the city on the cover. Yeah. Who else we got? We got the Human Torch. Oh, well, the Human Torch is already existing character from the 40s. Yeah. Okay. We got the Invisible Girl. Well, I mean, the Invisible Girl. You just did a I Am the Invisible Man story two years earlier. Yeah. It's invisible. Yeah, I mean, that's there's nothing to it. Sure. Uh, the Thing. Well, that's basically one of your monster characters as well. It looks just <laughs> like the characters you've been doing in all these monster comics. What we got here? Mr. Fantastic. Well, that's Plastic Man. You're just ripping off Plastic Man here. He's a stretchy character. He's Plastic Man. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You just ripped off like four characters. Why are you doing a team book? Oh, because Justice League is selling really well right now. So we're doing a team book. We're ripping off Justice League. Oh, all right. And you've admitted that? Yeah. Because Stanley played uh, golf with the guy who was head of DC and he said how well his, his team up book was going. Okay, then we're going to do that. It's all fucking stealing. Yeah. And that's the start of Marvel. And there you go. <laughs> but it, it's taking elements and it's reconfiguring them yeah. in a way that's that it's not immediately recognizable besides the, the, the even the human torch is different it yeah, takes human a name torch isn't a robot it takes a name and it, dis, it makes a new thing out of it you know like he's a hot-headed kid mm-hmm. who's yeah. with a hot rod he's he's put putting together a hot rod 
He's a hothead, and yeah. he's a human torch. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what about the invisible girl? Well, she's really kind of a wallflower and likes to turn invisible because she's shy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right, that works. But, yeah. I mean, there's nothing about the powers or whatever that's unique. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you get, like, if you look at, like, rap music, like, the early days of rap music was so basic. It was based, it's just guys, you know, rapping or toasting over a, a record. Like, they just put a record on. Mm-hmm. Usually one that had, like, minimal talking but you know it's had some talking and so you listen to like hip early hip-hop and so many of those songs are based on good times by so many chic sounds they may be interpolating and they might have a group playing them yeah but they're still using those songs and then time goes on and they get more creative they take elements of this record elements of this record take a little bit of that you know they put it they make a loop out of it then they add this sound into it and you know it gets more and more complicated more the mixes are much more complicated it gets harder to figure out the dna of those songs but there's still a dna of someone's drum lick from this song a keyboard part from this song a guitar lick from this song being put into this mix well and the people rap over it you know and to me, that's like totally reasonable, and no one should have to pay to to use yeah. that music in that way. Um, you know, there were some like like uh, De La Soul were kind of dumb. They like took like "Happy Together" by the Turtles and merely like just reproduced the song, ha- played the song "Happy Together" while they rapped over it. You know, like okay, like people are gonna object to that. That's just taking someone else's song and playing it while you while you you add your talking over it like that is not your creation still you're just piggybacking on someone else's but if you took like some of the vocal elements from that song or the introduction or whatever and then you made a loop out of it that had a totally new sound and added a bit of effects to it or whatever and changed it a little bit sure it's still using that that song but in a way that's totally new and to me that's like i i really don't like the freezing effect of of taking art and making it so that it's untouchable. You can never do anything with this. You know, this song exists and can never be touched again. No yeah. one can, you know. How sad would that be? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because a big part of art is the uh, is uh, the interpretation of it. And if you take away, the li- if you limit the interpretations of it, then yeah. You know, yeah. And the so, reason you're interpreting it is because you love it. The reason you know it that well that, you, that you're like, oh, I know a piano lick that'll work in this song. Because you love that music so much yeah. that it means so much to you that you know all this stuff that you're able to like dig back in your in your in your musical memory and go ah I know a, I know something that'll work here you know yeah uh, this... so I'm gonna say one of the questions I would like to ask this week would be uh, what is your favorite uh, thing that has a stolen element to it mm. yeah so something that you're like I'm gonna go okay. with this this is a very basic uh, the thing. Maltese Falcon. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nice I'm just one. joking. Uh, I'm going to say uh, um, uh, I like Flintstones. I like the Flintstones. Okay. And that's, uh, totally and that's honeymoon the Honeymooners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just a, a big lift. And as we mentioned, it's even got the soundtrack on it. There you go. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'd, be a, that'd be an element. I also like Fantastic Four with all those uh, characters that are absolutely rip-off characters <laughs> of other characters. Even some characters they're ripping off themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've talked about rap music I like, so I'll just say that that would be... What I stuff I like like that. Sure. So, do you have a second question? Do I have Do I have a second question? Oh, by the question? way, do we have any uh, emails? No, we don't have any emails. Very good. Then uh, second question. That's my That's my second question. Why are there no emails? No. Um. Second question is. I'm sure we've asked this before, but let me ask you this. But boy, boy, what day is it? But boy, boy, what day is it? <laughs> How much is that doggy in the window? That's what he was asking for, right? Yeah. There's a big doggy hanging in the yeah, window. Yeah, I wanted to cook the dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
The one as big as me, sir. Yeah. The one with the waggly tail. That's my question of the week. What's the most delicious dog? Wiener dog. Oh, you're right. Um, no, my question is, is a, is a question that's kind of, well, we were talking about it earlier. Beating and I just around like, the bush here. I would like you. I'm having a hard time getting to it. Seems like, like this is the truth. <laughs> going to spill some beans here. No, we're not going to spill beans. I just, this is, I said my opinion earlier, but who do you think would make like a good up and coming light comedic actor for rom-coms? Like who? Male or female. Male or female. Yeah. Male or female. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. It takes a real skill. I think it's an underrated. Like, or non. Like, we'll take but non-binary as well. John John Binary from Bazaar. John Non-Binary. John Non-Binary. Um, if you think about like someone like Cary Grant, who I think was like underappreciated in his day sure. as an actor, because he played roles that were easy. They're just romantic comedies and stuff like that. Yeah. But you think how much how great those movies are from just the the, the skill he brought to those those character parts. And I know you said Paul Rudd, but yeah, I would like like someone else. Like who do you think up and coming? All right. Could fulfill that uh, those parts. Done, done. I'm curious. Um, so here's what you do. You want to write to us? Here's what you do. You want to uh, email? We're at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Yeah. You want to go to Facebook? We're at Sneaky Dragon. We are on Tumblr at sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Okay. We're on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. Oh, and, man. And yeah. it couldn't be simpler. Mm-hmm. Sneakydragon.com is your home for <laughs> so many of our podcasts, including the one you listen to right now. And every one of our podcasts is, is there. And underneath every one of those podcasts, if you click on it, is a message board area where you can post your thoughts or feelings or uh, maybe art. I don't know how it works. I don't, yeah. I'm not a technical person. <laughs> uh, if you look really carefully on there, you can probably find Dave's phone number. Yeah. You put it uh, I didn't. I did not. I just said it on the show. I did not. Oh, that's probably the best because then you could do a search for it. Yeah. Uh, but you can also listen to any of our past podcasts. All of the episodes, all of the 800, 583 previous episodes of this show, mm. or our other podcasts, as we have said, Horse Mysteries, still ongoing, taking a little break, but Horse Mysteries will be back. You listen to all the Horse Mysteries you want. You can listen to Completely Beatles. You can listen to Totally Tintin. You can listen to Full Marks. You can listen to The Fansplainers. You can listen to The Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. So much. And how much uh, is this all going to cost you? Bupkis. Sweet nada. Zip diddy doo da no <laughs> nothing. And you're like, I want to pay. Well, look, settle down. We're a Patreon funded podcast, so you can either go to Patreon.com or on the Patreon app and enter Sneaky Dragon. We will pop up, and you can, if you feel like it, throw us a couple of bucks. That's up to you. Or go on to SneakyDragon.com. We have a little link there for our Patreon. If you don't want to, we're not pressuring you, man. Jeez, we're not on your back. Jeez, enjoy. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> we do appreciate you spending your time with us. Uh, and uh, and listen, we'll be back next time. That's our semi-guarantee to you. Uh, I'm Ian. I'm David. We have been Sneaky Dragon, which is a direct ripoff of Dragon Sneaks, the D&D podcast that we were big fans of. <laughs> And then we just lifted completely. We did. Uh, for, uh, many, many years ago. Yeah. So uh, how dare you judge us? Indeed. All right. We'll see you on the AI boards. Bye. Bye.